Well, yeah. on that note, welcome everybody to the new episode of the Group Hub Podcast. We're here for the Great Ramatra Debate with the Avengers Assembled. So let me quickly introduce my guests who need no introduction. Apologies if I'm a little uh, nasal. I'm coming down with something, but hopefully I won't die. In the bottom right is my man Samido. Samido, what's up? Uh, what's up, dude? I'm did, you know, just hanging out. I had some Costco quesadillas, as they say in Kentucky. Quesadilla? Um, but, uh, no, doing well, man. Just happy Friday. Excited for the weekend. Santa cons tomorrow in Cincinnati. I'm going to be, everyone goes out in Santa onesies. So I'm going to be rocking mine. Oh. It's fun. I know it's going to be fun. And then we got the Browns at home this weekend. So I'm hoping to get out for that game and it should be, uh, should be a good weekend. That'll be a good game. Yeah. Well, a fun December lined up, even if perhaps it won't be found in the game yet. And on that note, in the bottom left, my man Flats. Flats, what up? Oh, hello. Greetings. Greetings, greetings. Festive tidings to you. Thank you. Do you like my sock? I love it. <laughs> I love how you illuminated the sock as well, like so nicely. It's just like, you yeah. know, the holy sock. It was totally intentional. It wasn't, you know, I just didn't just hang it there and it looked like that. Looks great. I hope Santa fills it up nice and stuffed. And on that yep. note, Santa, Santa of the watch community in the top left is Frida. Frida, what's the gifts you got for us today? I don't, of I don't, your I don't know if I have any presents, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Santa gave us coal in our Overwatch 2 stocking this year a little bit. <laughs> Damn. Well, let's get talking about it. It is season two. This is the first time we've touched base since season two has begun. And I hope you guys have not been uh, too miserable with it. I hope you guys have had found mm. some fun of it. We have a new hero, of course, Ramatra, but before we get right into the thick of it, I just want to get your general impressions. We heard a little bit of a tidbit of it, but uh, general impressions so far of the few for, few days we've had of Season 2. I'll start with Flats. Uh, I'm not going to... I'll... I'll Because I'll, I was not the person who brought the information, I will not spoil it. Uh, but obviously, it seems things have been a little bit different on the contender side, probe meta side, than the actual, like, just playing the game side. Uh, I think the character feels fun. Like, he's super fun. He's, like, fluid. He feels nice. Like, he feels fun to play. Uh, just very underwhelming. Um, and I feel like this is... We've got the Kiriko problem again, where it's marketed as, like, you build up for your nemesis form, then go crazy. And it's, like... It's actually the opposite of how it's played. Uh, and that we're, like, two for two now on this. And uh, I can't help but sit there and think. It's like, man... It's really hard to 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 give the benefit for the doubt. It's like of knowing what you're doing with characters and balance and the future of the game. When we're now two for two on releasing a new character, marketing it, and it's completely the fucking opposite of how you're supposed to play the character. So it's like if you don't know how to play the character, how are you supposed to tell us on how to play the character? Like it, it just it doesn't. I, I've got a lot of problems there, but I will say I'm having a lot of fun playing quick play. Because I refuse to touch ranked with how dog shit it feels. So I've been playing a lot of Ramatra and having fun. Is it the, the matchmaking, I'm guessing, or the patch? There's a lot. There's, there's a lot. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you're going to hear all about it. We got on the show. You're going to hear yeah, all about it's, it. It's not even one thing anymore. It's actually like, it's actually so bad that I don't think, I actually want to have a PSA for my fellow creators at this point and say like, I think we need to be careful like don't burn yourself out on comp this season like it's very dangerous waters because this is bad like this is probably one of the worst comp seasons we've had since double shield like originally like the first time like way back when when it was like giga orissa and giga sigma and and ugh. even so. that felt better i'm not gonna lie um but frito go ahead you take over i think you're about to say something 
No, I, I, I have plenty to say. I'm interested to know what we want to focus on first, because like I could talk about Ramatra, the patch in general, well, hero just, just design. Your general, at the moment, your season <laughs> two general thoughts in like a couple okay. seconds, and then we'll get into the thick of it. They need to listen to anyone, please, because <laughs> that would be like step one. Because I'm mad about all those things. Like, like in, on one hand, there's a lot of good. That it's like it's like thirty percent, let's say thirty percent good, but then. Because they didn't listen to advice on so many things, they're just missing the mark on so many others. So w one example that I hope we bring up at some point, Sojourn, we waited so long for this nerf, and then it's like they just reworked her power, and now she's the same thing, possibly better with a mercy. It's, so maybe we'll get into that a little bit. It's like she was oppressive before and good with mercy, but now with a mercy, because of the other buffs, I think with, with that combo, she may even be at a bigger peak than she would have been in the previous version, if that makes sense. And then there's the, I love Flats's point about the design of the unintuitive consequences of what they're doing. With Kiriko, for me, the healing values were nuts and they dreamed that it was like hard to hit. And, but because of that, she can play defensive for ult and Ramatra, and I just made a, a video, you guys wouldn't have seen it, just released it before the show, but uh, talking to some other creators that are, or, or, or streamers and, um, contenders uh, players scrimming in, in that region not to say that Ramach is going to be meta in contenders that's not really the point it's just that the play style he's advertised as is the opposite of what i mean flat said this as well so um repeating it but i kind of felt this too like even in my videos covering the character they're like well he's really good with lucio and you know he's got this big form he changes into i'm like yeah but you also gave him a long range staff and surely if you balanced him at all, why would his numbers for those other forms equate to the other heroes we already have? Because obviously any character that has a lot in his kit has to be tuned down to a degree that is going to make sense that he's not going to overshadow them fully. So the only thing he really overshadows is the staff and therefore everything else you'd much rather play to defend around using it and keep himself alive as opposed to going in which of course is the fun thing everyone likes to do but i don't know um i'll, I'll get it out of the way early hero bands okay there we go <laughs> it's my introduction bingo. with that and, and that's another Someone's one off. hit bingo there we go sam okay. break <laughs> this is your turn yeah sam yeah would any mention the break how you feeling so far season two <laughs> so oh man so a couple things one thing that i want to touch on well, for, well let me get my thoughts on on rank this season to start um, I did not have very much fun my first day. Um, the, the DPS role passive change really, really messed up Echo for me, which was like the only hero in my hero pool that was like, I would say like was kind of A tier and sleeper. Like I was having, I actually had a lot of fun playing Echo last season. Like I think she was a sleeper. I think I was the only person in top 250 with two, I had two accounts that were like Echo mains. Obviously you have like speedily guys who are like really good, like flexing to Echo every once in a while, but most of them are playing Sojourn. Um, I found a lot of fun in that. Um, but with the DPS passive being changed now again, which we should probably should touch on later at some point to now really only benefiting like hit scans and tracer who got buffed before. Like if you look at like the gap between, I don't think there's been this big of a gap between the best DPS and the worst DPS in a like really, really long time. And I think the same could be said for the support role. So I kind of wish that I, I think that a lot of people were complaining about the patch. My my big issue with the patch and how it affects ranked is that it wasn't what was necessarily in the patch. It's what wasn't in the patch for a lot of the people who play heroes that are really struggling right now. 
um, because the gap is just very, very large. And I think they'll get to it, and I, I hope they get to it by Season 3. But in terms of Ranked Man, it's just been weird. And it's really bad when you're queuing Tank. Like, today was the first time I queued Tank, and dude, I was waiting 13, 14 minutes a game for apps for, like, matches that maybe last, like, 7 minutes. Half of them were steamrolls one way or the other. And like I really wanted to play New Doom, which was fun, but I, I can't really give my accurate opinion on how Doom would be in ranked because it's only like if you get an Ana player, like you lose because they go Tracer and they go Soldier and they dive you. And it's just like I found it to be very rock, paper, scissory and unintuitive. Um so I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to sit here and say this is abysmal, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Like I definitely need to get some more hours into it because I want to get rank one combined again this season. But dude, like, oh my god, it's gonna be—it's not gonna be very much fun, I don't think. Um, but you know, in terms of hero design, and I think you guys really touched on something. And and to to add to that, this is not a recent thing where the heroes were marketed as one thing, and you know the gameplay and as to why they were broken or bad ended up being a polar opposite. I can think of one that I had to scrim a lot of hours on that I'm not trying to fill a bingo book up here, right? But, you know, I think a prime example is if you look at Brig and, like, how she was designed, you're supposed to sit back and spam flail, not run into melee. If you look at the the Storm Rising trailer, you had Genji flying in at these cars, slashing cars in half. Everyone's like, oh, dude, I want to go play Genji. Prime goats, right? You know, I think that there definitely has been a miscommunication in terms of... I don't even want to say miscommunication because I think they designed something with the idea it's going to do one thing, but when you actually put it into the practice of the game, it's been a pretty consistent theme that it actually does something different. And one thing I'd like to give Blizzard credit for is I'm sure as you saw in a lot of footage out there, they had like an owl testing session. I think that it would be more of Blizzard's benefit to have pro players, scrim pro players on these patches and test them. I mean, the problem is they leak, right? Like, you can't get these out guys to, or especially the contenders guys to not leak. But, you know, this is all the more reason for, like, a player council or something like that where you just, like, treat them as test dummies, and they would love to do it, too. And I think that that, that would really help Blizzard get the consistent feedback. And most importantly, accurate feedback. Because we love our colleagues. We love them to death. But we all, let's not beat around the bush about how a lot of these testing sessions go. It's not good. It's not informative like it's not real substance that you can give accurate information to blizzard on and i in that sense if they don't listen to what we say which i'm not saying that they do or don't listen with that comment by the way i can't entirely blame them because it's on us to try to get them accurate information and the, the way that the setting is set up there's no way to really do that right so you know i really want to give them credit for like starting to open up that door and, and realizing hey like I personally think that while obviously it's important for creators to advertise like the product and stuff, I think that real testing sessions that would give great, like accurate feedback to the dev team would be very beneficial to them. Uh, then on to Ramatra. Um, yeah, he's kind of more like I still gave him a B plus. I think he's just a better version of Arissa, to be honest with you. Um, and that like they have similar roles and like play styles and like you, it's you don't really want to shoot him because he's going to go Nemesis and block and then just back out if he's good, right? It's more about like trying to punish his team behind him, and that's just the same thing as about Arissa. You guys hear it in low ranks all the time, where people are like, "Oh, well, we can't kill the Arissa. How do you kill Arissa?" And the answer is, you don't do the Arissa. You go for the supports first. Um, so, I don't know. I think he's, I think he's cool. Like overall, as like in terms of fun and effectiveness, like overall, like you know, I'd give him a B. Like definitely not a failing grade in my opinion, but he has his fun moments for sure. 
Um, but he's not like the most fun hero I've ever played or like seen at it. But I think they did a pretty good job with him. I think they really should work on like one suggestion that I had so that he could actually be in Nemesis form is like, don't let him perma block, like give him some kind of movement penalty reduction if he blocks a certain amount of damage, similar to power block, where and that would also raise the skill ceiling, make him feel more intuitive and playmaky. And that's what makes Overwatch such a fun game, in my opinion. Yeah, a lot a lot of points to touch on there. Um I think a lot of good points as well. I think I think let's focus first on the Ramatra issue. And obviously we've all we've all got our opinions, I'm sure. It's only only what day four now, so none of our opinions could really be said to be concrete can only go off the amount of hours we've played. But I want to take it to Frito first, because Frito, you have a, an interesting perspective. You said you already made a video. I hope you guys go check that video out. Um, but you want to tell us what you've been finding first on your end from your research, I guess, talking to people who are scrimming Ramatra and what their opinion has been first and foremost. Um, I, I can't remember what I said earlier, but like one is the devs outwardly said, this character is good with Lucio. And that's the opposite of the truth. Because as uh, Sam's saying, you kind of want to, you're not going to go in, basically. You're going to get on a corner, you hold it, you shoot, and when things are coming at you, that's when you place your abilities. It, whereas, whenever I see submitted gameplay, which is in my video, or, you know, I, I watch others play Ramatra when I'm against them, they're spamming the abilities similar to they do with Orisa, or they think they're Rhine and they just put the shield in front and they can move it. Well, you don't. It's I, I think... Offhand, is the shield on a 15 second cooldown? Yes, <laughs> okay, yes, that's yes. an eternity, right? But he's got eight seconds and then potentially like a whole nother infinite amount of block uh, with his ultimate if you use that right. So in theory, when you cycle those things, he can't die and he has the longest range poke of any tank. That's what he really is. He isn't run in because, and again, I feel like if Blizzard just asked an opinion of anybody with this, when I saw him doing this punch through shields and hitting targets, I'm counting one punch, two punch, three punch. This is a long time. That's a long time to kill. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. like Winston getting on your team, cleaving in is better than that. And that's low damage, right? And so the punch is not good damage. It's just like accurate and cleaves and goes through shields. So it's got benefits. Don't get me wrong. But like people play as if that's a Rhinehammer and it's and you're going to spin in a circle and cleave everybody or, or Junker Queen or something. Not the case. It's just like a misreading of the stats. And it should have been obvious in the first trailer, I thought. Um, so anyway, that, that all seemed very clear to me. Now, the question was, would the game just be too fast and, you know, Doomfist diving your backline? Like, it feels like if you play him too loose, then Doom is going to roll you um, or any, any dive in general. But because he wants to camp anyway... I'm kind of curious what that's going to have as a ripple effect because I think like so many players are playing him so wrong that it's impossible to get any good data on it at the moment. And it might even just be the case that no one ever learns him. It's, it's not inevitable that we're like, oh, you're going to play right because we've, we know what this community does with this game sometimes. But I, I think once we properly test that, and another thing, I'm, I know why we have to have the hero lockout in ranked, it's really sour to me. Not only do I not like the patch for a long list of re reasons, but also that we have this like limbo period where there's a patch intended for the new hero and we play competitive to get a rank on the thing. And then it comes out two weeks later because it's got to be on a paywall and to make it fair for all the free players to get the hero. But then by the time he comes there, we have to then rebalance the game based on the quick play data of everybody who doesn't know how to play and isn't properly testing it. Are you keeping up with all this? Because it's like, well, what's the point of any of this? It's just like a delayed wait time. And then by the time we get the data for the real testing of the new character and metagame, then the next patch is going to have to it's like how do we keep up at any point when are we going to catch up 
learn the game, learn what the what, what the reality is of the meta and adjust it in time. It feels like after all that happened in season one, then the patch got delayed and we're already suffering from the ramifications of the delayed patch of season one because they didn't fix the problems from then. And it's just like overlapping. And I'm like, oh, my God. This is Overwatch 1. I, I'm having nightmares. Like, I'm waking up at night screaming. Like, I, I've seen this all before. I, I, I tried to warn you not to do this, Blizzard. You're doing all the same things. So, um, <clears throat> I, I'm recovering from being sick as well. You can hear my voice straining, already uh, uh, getting animated. But, um, yeah, so I'm a little upset about how this is spiraling out of control in None of this I thought was supposed to happen. I thought we were supposed to be reactive and be able to change. And they, the ball's in their court at this point. It's just that my expectations have been lowered because in season one, it seems like every time they tried to start the, the sprint, they just like broke their ankle and fell over. <laughs> and they just keep like, oh, we're going to get going. The game's launching, guys. And they just keep falling. And I'm like, get up, get up, get in there, Timmy. And it, they, they never got in the game. And I'm like, okay, the, the live game is here now. This is the time to prove that you can fix these things. And why are we surprised that Sojourn's still good with a Mercy Pocket? Like, we all know how breakpoints work. It took us like 10 seconds of them releasing this for people to like, oh, wait, no, you still can do everything. And in fact, now that your Actually, ult's probably better, it, uh, yeah, on, on Twitter, finding like, well, that, that, you know, and just ask anyone's opinion before you make these changes. We know, we understand your game. And how many heroes are you going to keep releasing over and over again where you tell us how it's supposed to be played and we show you immediately you were wrong? So uh, you can't keep doing this and expect the game to work well. Okay. Uh, okay, so I, I'm, I'm a little upset considering uh, how optimistic I've been about this game and how many L's I took on uh, trying to back their bad decision making and just to be have my heart broken again. And we're all back in the same place. And OK, fine. You were all right. I was wrong. Whatever. Let's move on. I want to fix the damn game. So uh, that's how I'm feeling. <laughs> no, I, th I think it's a good point and one worth at least pondering on a little bit. Obviously, the we were trying to talk about Ramacha, but I think it's a relevant point because I, I myself have not enjoyed Overwatch 2 if I if I must if I gotta give like the overall picture like I, I, I really was ready to love this game and the first couple of weeks were really fun I guess just because you're like new toy and and, and the again the core, the sad thing is the core of the game is great like 5v5 still feels great This the, a lot of the hero changes feel great I, I like a lot of the, the peripherals as well like the sound and the looks and stuff but then the, the experience of playing the game has largely been miserable and a lot of the decisions have made me question as well like where we're going because i i went like you know again I, i've had like a real roller coaster maybe someone who's like w listening to my tweets or my stream or something or my youtube content will be like man it's if you just keep changing your mind like you're a clown like what do you but like you know two months ago i was about to quit for external reasons then i when we went to the creator summit and they showed us a bunch of stuff and i was like wow this looks great this is going to be great. This is going to be awesome. And I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm super I've super bought into the Overwatch 2 train. I super believe it's going to be awesome. And then we get to Overwatch 2 and now I'm like, what are you doing? Like what are some of these decisions we're making? Like what what are like what is these like you know, what are the balance decisions? So many bugs that obviously you got to you got to keep you got to keep in mind that it's early access, right? That is the thing that isn't talked about perhaps enough in their own communication. This is PvP early access. This is, we wanted to get the game out as early as possible to the players. We didn't want you guys to be tortured, you know, in, in Overwatch 1 land. We just wanted you to be able to play. And so the devs would probably say, well, we rushed it out. We know we rushed it out. We told you we rushed it out, but we did it for you. I did this for you, Stella. Why, why don't you love me? But like, you know, 
you get to it and there's only so many times you can tolerate. Oh, it's a bug. Okay. Oh, Faris still got an ult charge bug. Okay. Oh, Trace has got this fall off bug now. Okay. Oh, there was a change with the Junkrat trap, but we didn't put it in the patch notes. And now we realize, or, you know, like so many little sneak bugs. that It's like compounding issues that on top of the game, just fundamentally feeling, feeling not so fun, especially when Roadhog is strong. I, 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 I'm not the happiness I thought I would be with Overwatch 2. And I want to I take it to Flats. Just uh, You can vibe Flats, whatever you want to vibe with most here, whether that's Ramatra or whether that's the topic that Frito's brought up about just kind of I'm, almost I'm being sold alive. Really fast. Sam, mm -hmm. do you want to say anything? Because I genuinely want to talk for like five minutes real quick, if that's okay. Uh, all I'll say is I liked Season 1 a lot. Um, I, I just had fun because like my like I just had a character in each role that I enjoyed that I could play. Like I could play Doom, I could play Echo, I could play Reaper. I could play Kiriko, I could play Lucio, and I just personally enjoyed those heroes. And for me, like that's kind of why like I enjoyed season one a lot. Um, but um, I, I agree with a lot of these things. Like I think the patches should have come out faster. And I know it's early access and stuff like that, but it just I'm not really sure what to think yet. I'm also not really sure what to think yet on five v five. I kind of said this when it first came out that I think it's going to take two or three, maybe four seasons to figure out primarily the rock, paper, scissors of tank, which we're starting to see. And it, it might be Frito's time to shine with some hero bands. I can't lie. I think that could be interesting. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll put it over to Flats here. I, I don't have too much more to add on to that. But I, I'm still kind of in a wait. And, like, I, I, I almost haven't figured out in my mind what I want to say and think about it and have my decision made. But I want to give it, like, I want to give it to the end of the season until I come to my conclusion. I'm going to quickly just add on what Sam said, which is that, you know, you said you found a hero that you enjoy in each role. I think, ironically, another of the lies that potentially was sold in Overwatch 2 was, you could play whatever you want, counterpicking is not going to be so much of a thing, and <laughs> hard counters will yeah, not be such no. a thing. And partly yeah, why yeah. I've had such a miserable experience is because I don't... I feel in Overwatch 2, you have to, like, meta-lock harder than you did in Overwatch 1, and I want to play, like, Ana and Zen, and then you're just getting fucked if you're not playing yeah, you Kiriko, can. Lucio, right? And it's like, I want to play Sigma and Ryan, but no, you get you get fucked if, you do, if you're not picking Roadhog or, you know, whatever, or Zarya at the start of launch or whatever. And so, anyways, I think that's partly where, where my grievance has been, because like you said, you found these heroes that you slide fun with. It's better, to but play the, the core issue was never changed. The, no. Well, they now, they now say they want you to hero swap. Well, Which is okay, not what they get told to us whole, to our face. We'll get to that, whole, yeah, we'll get to that <laughs> whole thing in a second. I'm sure we'll have a little dedicated yeah, section. But now I've got my takeaway that I've just arrived. So I've got some chicken wings and I'm ready for Flats to go while I munch. And I'm just going to be the Michael Jackson meme, but with chicken wings. Go Flats, go. I'll, I'll, get, some, I'll get some snacks too. Go, go, go. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't know if I'm going to turn, if I'm turning towards like Frito's side or just going into my evil cycle at this point. Uh, but I actually am no longer even hopeful for competitive side of overwatch i think it's genuinely dead uh i think this game will never die in terms of content the content is always going to be top tier the skins the whatever pve comes out if it's anything like that halloween event scaled up we're going to be set as content creators we'll gen genuinely be set for at least the next few years nothing this game cannot die but I don't think they've gone. They're they're going down the route of caring about anyone who wants to play the game competitively anymore. I think those days are done. I think that the decision has been made to go towards the casual side, and that's actually kind of good for us as creators because the game's not going to shut the bed. Like we're, our esports probably going to no longer like it's going to die. Like nobody's going to care about. It. Like it's not going to have the attention it needs. And 
honestly, I don't know if that's even for the best, but I've got to the point where I'm genuinely kind of like just hopeless for it. Uh, I've never had less fun playing ranked ever. Uh, I played quick play the other day for like 12 hours. And then I actually, even yesterday, I played quick play for like eight hours. I played an hour and a half of comp and went, yeah, I'm done. I'm good. I'm done playing. And I wasn't even playing high elo. I was playing on support with a five stack. And it's like, I can't even stack because if I stack, no, first off, never mind. We're talking about like snipers and people kind of like obviously trolling, like having stack of like, you know, me, Emong, Seagull. There's a lot of people that are watching and there's a lot of people that want in on it. They want to either ruin it or, you know, be in the spotlight, whatever it is. But on top of that, too, the matchmaker is still the old Overwatch 1 stacking matchmaker, it feels like. So, like, games are harder. But on top of that, if I want to play solo queue, then I don't have anyone to play with. It's not fun. There's not really, like, friends. It's the same boring ranks. Like, people don't either talk, they don't try, they don't care. And when those that do, they're just annoying. Like, they just kind of, like, sit there and, and shit talk and do whatever. And it's like, dude, I, I actually don't think at this point, like, I genuinely give a fuck anymore. Like, what's the point of even high rank at, at this point? Like genuinely to the so there's 35 or so million new players right uh or playing overwatch one like uh, when when it released let's say you know that's a massive increase from where we were in overwatch one none of them give a fuck about who's rank one not a single one like there's the only people who care about who's rank one are the overwatch one diehards that's it like the new overwatch two people do not give a shit if you are top 500 that's all they care about you're the top rank in the game that's all they literally give a shit about they will hold on to that and they will still watch your content. And they'll still be a part of it. And I'm getting to the point where it's like, why, why do I even care about fixing this game? Like why, why, what's not even my job. I don't even get paid for it. And like, you see all these big streamers come in and they get paid like your, your, your summits summit. They did that big tournament with summit and Timmy's. That was a fucking disaster. What happened? Like one side ended up having a bunch of pros and ex pros. The other side was like fucking silver and gold players because cause Summit thought it was his friends. Well, guess what? Summit's not playing Overwatch no more. He was playing it every goddamn get every every goddamn day, and now he's not playing it no more. Like, what do you think happened? They they did him dirty on that broadcast with that weird clip of him being like, "Yep, we're not winning this." Like, like how many more things are we gonna fuck up? Let's not even talk about the balance of the game. Anyone could have told you that Sojourn was still gonna be broken. We got to play test it. We literally were all like ringing the bell, going, "Hello." Like, like we're like, let us off the train! Let us off the train, please! Like, we're all gonna die! Like, we're all screaming. And even the Doomfist stuff, Doomfist is giga buffed. But you know what's so hilarious is Hog is so much easier to play and so much easier to shut that down that it's like, unless you're Sam, Quake, Zebra, someone who's actually good at Doomfist and good mechanically understands the character. For those who don't know, Sam sat down with me like an hour and taught me how to play Doom. And I'm still not very good at Doom. But I know how to do like these little fluid like cooldown rotations. And like, don't get me wrong, mid-fight, I still get lost, but I know how to entry, entry and get out. And it's like those little things made me a way better Doomfist player. But you know what still happens? They can just pick Arista or pick Hog. And Arista just because like it's good against Doomfist, but Hog, and they just sit there and they just wait. They just sit there with the fucking hook. And that's it. And guess what? They can one-tap anyone. You know what's funny? Roadhog can one-tap anyone, any squishy in the game. Reaper, May, anything. You know Reinhardt actually can't one-tap Reaper in, in May. It's 225 damage, not even 250. So you're telling me an ability where you have an eight-second cooldown that you have to fly across the fucking map, choo-choo, bitch, and then you actually... The best port, part of Rhinepin is to actually pin the other tank off the map. That's the only useful part of it. You can actually do it on Roadhog, have self-heal, and you're doing more damage over time. You actually do more damage to the enemy tank because Reinhardt swings only do 80. Roadhog, one like regular shots, probably doing the range of like 150 to 250 if you're hitting most of it. You're hitting mostly headshots, like... 300 if you're actually like nailing the right click headshots which is much harder to do but point being the balance is actually so bad 
like like the the fundamental understanding of how to play this game is so broken that I actually don't know if it's even repairable because Sam has talked about this in the past. Goodman's not there anymore, but it's the same team. Like it's 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 the same team of people. So the philosophies haven't changed. Even though it's 5v5, the best 5v5 patch we had was beta 1. And ever since then we've been on the downhill. And I feel like so many streamers and so many other people put a lot of good faith in the stuff that we were told. We were made all these promises and we were told it's going to be good. And it's like, we've had so many opportunities to fix it. And it's like, always there's an excuse. And you know what it feels like? It feels like when you argue with someone about Overwatch and you talk about, hey, you know, like this fight, you know, we should probably speed in here. You know, like we should get Lucio. We can speed in. And someone goes, no, actually you can play Zen. You can play poke. Yes. Both answers are technically correct, but there's one that's more correct than the other. And that's what we're having now where we ask for something or we say, Hey, like we need a balance update fast. We got to go faster. We figured that's an overwatch one that you need to do balance patches every two weeks to keep the game fresh. It's not like apex legends. It's not like Valorant. It actually needs to have quick balance because it's how fast the game moves. It's very different than those other games. And we've decided, nope, we're actually going to do it our way. We're going get, to get one balance patch every, uh, or I guess every month, because it's like one mid-season and then a regular cycle. And the regular big patch did zero to change up the meta. So how am I supposed to believe that the next mid-season patch is going to shake it up? Because one, Srito is right. We're reactive. We're so reactive with our patches. This patch for Doomfist was off of our opinions in early October. Because... We didn't get to have, like, we didn't get to even talk about anything else past Zarya because we didn't get the Zarya patch out till the 17th of November. So we go into Overwatch 2, the new character comes out, new character comes out. I actually think, I, I actually think it should go into ranked right away. I, I, I know it's not good for the free to play player, but I don't give a fuck no more. It should go straight into ranked immediately because you know what's going to happen? We're going to make balance patches now or balance patch notes now off of the data, which, by the way, Mercy has a high win rate and higher ELO. Totally unrelated to Sojo or anything like that. Uh, we're going to make a balance patch now. So then when Ramatra comes in in two weeks from now, then the balance patch is actually going to be for the before Ramatra. Then that's going to come out. It's not going to change shit. And then Ramatra is going to come out. And like let's say Ramatra's strong, which we don't know. And then that is going to be for the next season's patch, but the next season's patch actually is it has an ad adjusted for what Ramatra ended up changing the meta over those two weeks. I'm so fucking sick of it. I, my good faith has gone out the window at this point. I'm pissed. I I, I actually don't want to play comp anymore. I'm only playing quick play legitimately because it's the only thing I can have fun with. And I I am really nervous for all my other creators that I always they're like rage tweeting now at how bad the game feels, and I feel like nothing is happening. And Blizzard's gone silent again. And we were promised communication, and it's not happening. And I'm getting real sick of it. My my response will just be, yes. I think we're all on the same page there. Can we just appreciate the the maniac Flats has evolved into in the, in Overwatch 2? Well done, bro. Like, like I, I don't know we talk about this behind the scenes, but, like, you're killing it. You're killing it in this segment. And like, like, everything I was talking about Blizzard... You know, not sprinting when they need to. Like, Flash just came in here with Overwatch 2 and just, like, dominated the whole game, you know? And uh, it, it feels great um, to see you evolve into that. And, of course, you know, parroting my opinion. So I'm uh, passing the torch, <laughs> man, because I'm too old to rally. I just get to chill here and sit back. I'm like, yeah, man, I feel like I've been saying this for years. And you got all the energy uh, to, to run through and uh, continue the, the, the good fight. But 
it's nice to hear that you're a quick player andy now as well because <laughs> it took me a few years in overwatch one to be like you know rank kind of fucking sucks so let me mm-hmm. let me uh you can make content out of quick play too but yes hard, hard agree considering um i so raised a lot of those ranks anyways so uh yeah well, and there's matchmaking and and yeah, people can't but, tell the difference the, the, the matchmaking thing is, ranked the, is worse Honestly, it's worse. Yes, than I actually play. agree. Well, there, yeah, it is. Well, there's a smaller player pool. That's why. I mean, I, I've said this about quick play for a long time. But also, people need to play meta stuff in ranked because you don't want to lose. Whereas in quick play, you know you, you can't lose. So you get to see a lot of other things where it's like, maybe I'll throw for a game trying out a new strat. But you can't really afford to do that in ranked. So therefore, you default to whatever is the most reliable. And when the balance state isn't good, then that's terrible. And then, as we said... It's it's impossible for them to catch up in the data collection strategy they have now. So they have to do proactive anything to to even catch up on the last multiple mistakes. Like it keeps cascading down, and I don't know how they'll ever get ahead of it until they make proactive changes at some point. Because uh, yeah, we've said it in a few different ways here, but I I don't I'm upset because in beta it was like oh something's wrong. Uh, here's a kick for Zen. Uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We'll change this. And we'll do that. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. This is Overwatch 2. No, no, no. That was the beta. Now this is Overwatch 2, where where it's like, well, well we have to it's wait for everything, like and it's delayed. And see, so I'm like, well, hold on a second. This is any none of these things. None of these things are what you told me. You said you won't have to hero swap because nobody likes to do it anyway. I was like, oh, okay, that yeah, that sounds reasonable. Now we want you to hero swap. Well, what do you mean? Do you know what that means? Did we, did, haven't we told you? Haven't we spent years explaining why the hero swap mechanic didn't work? And you used that to tell us it's okay to paywall heroes. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of right. We'll just balance the game. And no, 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 no. You went back on all that. You want to have your cake and eat it too. You can't do that with this game. Uh, like, it's such a profound, obvious missing the point that I don't know how anybody is saying any of these things. Like, how how do you possibly say both things out of, out of your same mouth? And it's the same people sometimes saying these things. And I'm like, did you not hear what you just said before? <laughs> like, like minutes ago or a month ago or at release? And I, I, um, the thing is, I, let me let me try to reel myself back in for a moment. Because I want, I want to say a few positive things. Like, the design of Kiriko and Ramacho is fun. So as Flat says, like, as a casual game, this game is fun. But we don't want to just think about it as a casual game. We want to take this game seriously and appreciate it and build it to a higher level. But the system they have to continue the content pipeline and keep on this schedule and cadence and making sure that they don't uh, harm the player's experience with, you know, delaying Ramatra, for example, into ranked, um, it, it will never fix, basically. That's what I tried to outline before. Like, it's so much worse than anyone seems to... S- to see because they physically cannot gain the information to make the right decisions. So I'm like, you got to then use your brain, okay? And ask us because so many of these things down the list, we told you that, we told you that, we told you that, we told you that. And now you need a month to learn the things we told you to begin with on so many issues, Ramatra, Sojourn. And it's not necessarily like one person knows, but collectively we as a community talk to each other. And one person will have an idea, we'll test that and go back and forth. And the they just totally underestimate the huge base of uh, analyst knowledge that we have about this game. And it, it's too far down the line. Like in Overwatch 1, maybe I, I would agree a little bit more that the game was newer and less things were known. And even uh, if you look through the years, like the high-level community 
of every subsequent year would beat badly if they went back in time and played the previous year, okay? Like the knowledge of the game kept getting bigger. But now we've reached this critical mass where people have played this game for six years and we understand it so well that like lots and lots of people have really strong opinions that are are good and valid and can help you with this. And you don't listen and you just want to do your thing anyway. And it's not working, okay? <laughs> That's just the point. It's not working and you're not going to turn the ship around this way. So anyway... Uh, I fear I'm repeating points too no, much, no. but um, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think I think it's a valuable point. I think I think the point you especially brought up about the beta, I think, is is another one that I want to chime in on, which is that, and something Flats mentioned earlier is something I've been feeling, which is that it's not the game for us in this in this podcast in the in the call, nor is it for anyone likely listening. Because again, you listening to this call right now, you're probably far more invested in this game than the actual average consumer of Overwatch Two. Whereas in the beta, it was just us, right? It was just us. It was all the hardcores who wanted in. So it felt like we were getting a patch almost like every five days or something. It wasn't even like a week, two weeks. It was like five days and they were like, oh, let's tweak this. Like you said, let's give Zen a snap kick. Let's give BAP a burst heal. Oh, you guys don't like some, this about supports? Let's do this, do that. Because that was that was when they were pleasing us. And we we took that to think, this is a preview of Overwatch 2. That's, that's what we thought the beta was. This is Overwatch 2. What is it going to be? And then obviously Overwatch 2 launches and now all the decisions are are backwards, right? Now it's like, okay, you guys, thanks for thanks for your your job. Thanks for testing for us. We'll take it from here now. And now we get to the place where it's like again, these mid-season patches, where the thing is, I think I think the devs would probably say, I'm trying to be fair, okay. The devs would probably say, it's only been a week, guys. You can't surely nah. be, be so sick of, of Sojourn or whatever, right? But the thing is, nah. we we play like five, six, seven, eight hours a day of this game, right? So we see like the stuff that the normal player will take a month to find, we will find like in two days, right? Because we're just playing SCP. all the fun. Yeah, go Flats, go. They said to us on Twitter, unironically, that Mercy's win rate goes up yes. as you climb through the ranks. Do you know who's also win rate goes up as you climb through the ranks? Uh, does it start with an S and end with an N? Yeah, yeah. For anyone who can't figure that out, it's Sojourn. So, the fact that that can't be figured out, like, I, I, I just, I just can't take you seriously. Like, I can't. So, like, did they say what exactly did they say? Did they so say? So, Skiesti was was kind of in the responses to Alec, uh, the, the the lead hero designer. I think Skiesti asked a follow up question, which was like, well, you know, something about just the state of mercy, and they responded saying, well, she actually has a really high win rate and pick rate in GM. I think she's like top three on both. He's the third best sport in the game right now, I think. So yes, but yeah. So did they? Because uh, it's not just Sojourn too. Like I would say, right now Sojourn is definitely like the role that it fills. But let's go even bigger picture than that, right? The reason why a lot of the times in in, in especially in this game too, where you can see like Mercy's you know do better without the race is the DPS players tend to be better and know where to position and pick heroes around it. And I think Sojourn fits that bill the best right now because she's the best. She is the most mobile ranged hit scan in the game with that burst potential, right? And so I'm going to agree with you a little bit, SVB, about like being fair to the devs and saying, oh, okay, well, um, you know, well, she actually does like well as, as ranks go up, but like how would you guys know about Sojourn? Well, we know about Sojourn because the second we saw the character, we knew because of how the damage stacks because it comes from our fundamental understanding of the game. And I, I want to chime into Flat's rant a little nice. bit too, where, you know, Fr Frito, you kind of said like Flats has gone full maniac. 
that was me 2019, 2020. I lost my mind. It made me mental boom. I had to stop streaming for a little bit because it literally, I literally couldn't take it anymore. And if you want the cold hard truth, I'm going to drop a truth bomb right now. And this is going to piss people off, but I don't care because it's the truth. And that's just what I'm going to say. The opinions of people who fundamentally understand the game more should be more valuable than the people who don't. I'm sorry if you're bronze, your opinion is not worth the same as someone who is GM. Do you want to know why? It's not that your opinion is worthless, but what you're actually going to say about the game and understanding how the game flows, the margin for error is so high at these ranks in terms of how people are performing because mistakes are made so much. Like, an, an accurate take on balance, it can't happen because of how the game actually executes, right? I, I talk about this all the time, about the margin for error at the different levels of play. I'm not saying that your opinion shouldn't be listened to on whether or not you enjoy the game, what you like about the game, what you dislike about the game. But when it comes to an actual character's effectiveness and how it functions in the game, the pro players understand more. They are experts on the subject. They know more objectively, and that is not up for dispute. I, I really don't want people to take that as, hey, you know, your opinion's worthless, blah, blah, blah. That's not what I'm saying. But you also have to recognize that people who are high-ranked, who are pro players, who do these things... They have a level of understanding of the subject matter that is far beyond and far exceeds anyone on the dev team, right? And so as for like the comments of them like not listening or doing whatever, like I'm not really chiming in on that part, but more so like the long-term concept that we've talked about where it's like, hey, you know, should pros like have, be, have more say and balance? Should pros be able to do this? And I think it, it's unfathomable to me that the answer would be no. I'm sorry. I think it's, I think it's ridiculous, but continue. I think sorry I know why. Why? Because they, they want the casual experience. They want everyone to have that fun power trip of playing the video game. Where, mm -hmm. like, you play... Let's, well, I was going to say Reinhardt, but that character's terrible. Uh, like, you play Roadhog, and then you walk in on Tank, and you pull somebody in, you one-tap, and like, yeah, I'm insane. Woo! Like, you, you only hit one out of five hooks, but it's like, you got a big kill, I'm carrying. Woo! Like, the TikTok Moira's part, like, <laughs> go in the back, like... They throw a damage orb and somebody dies. They're like, yeah, I'm carrying. It's like, dude, that's what they want because that's an mm. addiction that people will keep coming back and playing for. Yeah, absolutely. Pro balance yeah. is not going to get that, and that's what they're doing. And I, and I agree with you, Sam, but I'm saying, like, that's what I think they want to do. I think we're fucked. I think we've been left out to, to pasture. That's Activision in general nowadays, too. You see it in Warzone. But I would argue that just because you have pros balance doesn't mean that people wouldn't be able to do that at low-level play. Like, like at the end of the day, the playmaking capabilities will still be there because, again, the margin for error is so high. Anybody can make these plays happen. I would say that right now, believe it or not, I think that with how the game is balanced, with the gap between the DPS heroes and the supports being as big as it is, I would say that it's even harder for people to pop off with the lower end DPS characters given the state that they're in compared to the rest of the game. And that's without pros balancing the game. Like, I think that no matter what you do at low level play, people are going to be able to make big plays and pop off. And I also think if we've learned anything about modern gaming, a competitive scene flourishing drives a casual product like no other. I think that's something that we've seen in games all the time nowadays. And I think there's a reason why Among Us died out as fast as it did, even though it was an incredibly fun game. Everyone learned the meta. And then it was like, okay, well, why, why bother playing? And the game kind of fell off a little bit, right? But, and again, I'm not, I think that regardless of who you have balance in the game and who you have listening to the game, the casual scene, as long as there's content coming out, will still thrive, no matter what. And people are going to have those pop-off moments. That's that's the one point, Reflex, I see what you're saying, because you're you're arguing their point of view. But I think their point of view is baseless, because wh why? what about pros balancing the game and having the game be balanced at a high-level play, where the margin for error is the smallest? What about that would damage low-level play? Because, in fact, 
the opposite tended to happen in, in Goat's meta. Remember, they buffed Reaper to counter Goat's, and all of a sudden, low-level play got destroyed. And that was because they didn't listen to the pros saying, until you change shall break heals, this meta is not really going to go away. Until you like have to change. And they ended up buffing every DPS in the game. And DPS started demolishing support players in low-level play, but it didn't really do anything in high-level play. And if you had pros balancing the game at that point and like saying people with a fundamental understanding of how things work and why they operate after you know i'm not saying you have to know it beforehand and being proactive but being able to read it months in and making an accurate like assessment i think that does less damage to the game than trying to put, throw band-aids on everything and say oh well buff this buff that it was the power creep era so i don't want to go down that rabbit hole because it goes down too long but that's just that's <laughs> a, a point it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive either anyway yeah, like it doesn't have to be one or thrive. one or the other it, it's yeah. more about I, I think a better way to say it perhaps would be you don't want either area of the game to be too oppressive. So there's some characters like like at lower levels, you talk about Moira or Symmetra, for example, that is it's ridiculous watching them and what they can do at, at lower levels. And oh. I, I think that's a problem. Torb as well is a, is a good one. I, I guess I, I don't judge him as much because I play him, but, um, <laughs> uh, but, but um, at, at, you know, when we're talking about high level gameplay, we're talking about like, hog and sojourn and being able to cleanse a hog and the teamwork that goes around that i mean i think in the last podcast if i, if I recall wait wasn't it either i can't remember if i was on this or i watched uh flat say this but he's like i missed every hook and i just pushed e on the cart i'd be mean, like okay so there's something wrong i think if that if that's what's winning right and it, it's those kind of things that you curb so you should just curve each each side right you should like we sh we didn't need to buff sojourn and you know, I, I said this in the chat to you guys um, when the special was coming out, and I'm thinking like, I think Soldier's getting buffed, and I was I was a little uh, light on the gas with it. Flash just hits straight up, is like, yeah, she's buffed, <laughs> <laughs> and and, and uh, I, you know, sometimes I'm more bold with my opinions on that. But like, if if we can read that, and I can say before playing it, right, and we we pugged a bit, but um, before it came comes to live, and I'm like, I think it's buffed. Flat says it's buffed. It's like, why Why don't we just get asked, is, is my, my point. Why, why isn't anyone consulted on what is clearly a buff, at least to some degree, on the character we were supposed to be nerfing? Uh, th that doesn't make any sense to me. What were you going to say, Sam? Can I... I want to give an opinion on Sojourn real quick. I don't think she was buffed. I think she was fundamentally changed into the true play style that she was supposed to have. But the compensation buffs shouldn't have happened, right? So I will say it is less oppressive right now, like to play against Sojourn because she could hold her one shot for so long. Like the 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 ability to play like a Widowmaker because that's so powerful with her mobility, like that almost completely overshot. Like it was the first layer of the onion, right? Mm -hmm. But like the core of the onion that made it like that made her. That's this is gonna be a terrible analogy. Oh, I'm off my game today. That's so bad. I, mean, I like this analogy. What are you talking about? Suck. Oh, God, Come on, Shrek. On? You got this. You uh, got this, Shrek. I'm in 15 minute tank queues, dude. Uh, no. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Yeah, dude. Oh. Yeah, uh, dude. It's... No, but like I think like now like this is how she was supposed to be played. Like the, her ability to. Oh God, give me one second. So what makes heroes so good in this game is when you synergize all aspects of their kit and they're able to output a lot of things together at once. They're very strong. For example, Sigma being able to synergize his shield with his ability to damage at the same time made him better than Ryan in Overwatch 1. I would say it makes him better than Ryan right now, right? Like, his ability to cycle those cooldowns throughout the whole time. He's doing two different things in the game that are incredibly strong. Sojourn is both Soldier and Widow combined, right? Even if you take away the one-shot, 
the fact that she's ramping a secondary damage source up permanently as she's outputting damage is inherently incredibly strong on top of her mobility, right? So even if you, like, because she was able to build the one-shot so fast, it almost slowed her down a little bit because you had to be very careful, right? Okay, I need to pick and choose where to put this headshot because I can instantly win the fight. But now that that option's no longer there, she's all gas, no break, right? And so you're finally starting to see the true essence of Sojourn and what I think is a well-designed hero, actually, I think she's very cool, right? But you have to tune it properly. So the fact that she got compensatory buffs means that we really just didn't fundamentally understand what made her so good. Like, her ability to put output raw damage, like, because she's all gas now, is almost higher. And that's what we're feeling. I'd be careful saying it's a buff. It's it, because it's hard to tell. stronger than what it was before. If the answer is yes, then I think it's a buff. Because I think it is. Like, I can't, not by I can't itself, though. Not by I itself. Tell. It's, it's with the mercy that it, it, it puts yes. it over the edge. Yes, you're but, right. But we learned this in Overwatch 1 with Ash. Remember when Ash with Mercy Pocket was no. a one-tap headshot? Yeah. We learned yeah. this in the past. We All we are is we're back there again. So mm. we thought Ash was OP back then because of the damage boost and the Mercy Pocket. So that people talked about it. It was like, is Ash OP? Or is Mercy OP? We had that conversation two or three years ago. We're just back there now. And, and you're right. The game is like, it's just sped her up. Like, and instead of like being afraid and like kind of sitting in the back and like you see the glowing sword drawn, like as a tank player, if you've been playing tank, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Because yeah. you're a little bit further ahead and your sports and stuff are a little further back. You see it like it's like a shark in the back, like looking around. like <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah. And then you see like she goes off to the side. I'm like, oh, here it comes. And just like. Someone gone, like someone, yeah. it's like, all right, see you later. So it's, like you could, it's less oppressive, but it's still very strong, right? Like, it's like, oh, I got one shot. Like, cause there's nothing more irritating than one shot. Like, I consider this feeling of being one shot. It's, I'm trying to describe the feeling. Like, it's, like, I can play around against her better because she can't one shot me instantly, but she's still super strong. So I'm not sure what the word is I'm looking for yet. And I want to see the meta come out because if it's a Doomfist meta and Doom ends up prevailing, right? I think it could easily be... Doomfist, Tracer, Echo, Mercy, Kiriko, because all of those heroes, like, have insane mobility, and the Echo Mercy has the ability to kite the Doom, which Sojourn wouldn't. So it's more like, how does she indirectly fit into what's good? Like, on her own, in Ranked, where people can't do that, if she has a Mercy Pocket, she's going to floor. And you're absolutely right on that. But, I, again, like, this is what, like, I don't so know yet. And that, that's what I'm trying to say, is I don't know yet, but we should be careful with our words. Because if it comes out, she's not meta, and they're like, oh, well, you guys said she's buffed. She's still super strong, and what she was originally intended to do, it's just her railgun was so broken before, she was playing the role you wanted her to do, and the Widowmaker role at the same time. So we so, never have gotten to see what Sam, she's what, meant to do. What meta are you talking about? Are you talking about pro meta or ra ranked meta? I'm talking about like top, like if I'm in GM1 queuing, what is the best comp if you have flexible players trying to play? So I would say the pro meta. For sure. But in the ranked meta, you just get a hog. Oh, God. When you, yeah, because I think, I think you're going to have hog and you're just going to play Sojourn. You're just going to farm yeah, one tap. You're just going to keep yeah, going, yeah, keep, yeah, going keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And that is yeah. impressive. They shouldn't have buffed some of the things they did in compensation because she was still fundamentally super, super good. We just never saw her true fundamental play style in the not sniper class. Thank you for having me flushing this out. But like as yeah. the actual soldier-esque hero, she just did not so, need anything to compensate. Yeah. Agreed, yeah, agreed. Well, yeah, well, Hello guys, SCB here. Just want to quickly interrupt this episode of the Group Up Podcast to say that if you've been enjoying this content, then please do consider supporting me directly via Patreon. 
It really does help since Patreon only takes about 10% of your money, where YouTube and Twitch take 40 and 50% respectively. So it supports me and allows me to keep making videos no matter how many views they do or don't get. Also, if you are really enjoying this discussion, then why not consider watching some of my other content? First and foremost, my Twitch stream where this podcast is hosted live, and I stream five days a week doing a bunch of other things as well. If you're not much of a Twitch viewer, then you can check out the SVB side channel, where all the best bits from the stream go straight to YouTube in highlight format, including VOD reviews, gameplay, and streamer formats, such as the Fantasy Overwatch or Rank Gauntlet that you may have seen other streamers participate in. And finally, if you're sick of Overwatch, then you could check out my other channel, The Soak, which is where I do movie and TV breakdowns. And I've done videos on things like Avatar The Last Airbender, Pixar's Up, and anime like Haikyuu. So if any of that sounds up your street, then all the links are in the description. But now, back to the discussion. I just want to chime too. in again. I just, uh, yeah, I just want to chime in and again. I, I, I want to try and provide a different pov if i can just just that's that's what i supposed to do i think the devs if they look at it, they probably say we did what we we wanted to do which was that we said we were going to try and change her we weren't going to try and arbitrarily nerf her because we we're already worried about how she's performing in the metal ranks we want to change her power to be more accessible it perhaps was between the lines right so they probably look at this and say oh, we did it because we made it so that now you don't have to one tap headshot so it's not just gms now that are finding power on sojourn Everybody can find power on Sojourn now. And okay, maybe you guys don't like her being meta. Maybe maybe they might even they might even accept. They might be like, okay, maybe we made her slightly too strong, but we did what we were, we were supposed to do. And again, I guess it comes down to like, what is the core experience? What are, we, what are we aiming towards, right? From the devs POV. From them, it's all about the win rates and the pick rates, right? That's the, I think that's probably the, the like, the Bible that they read from, which is like, how is the hero performing? And yes, we, we don't like it. I don't like it. But what is the core experience they're targeting? The person who is there. That, the person who's playing quick play all day, every day, who's playing in like gold and platinum because, you know, that's like 50% of the player base, even if they do play comps. Oh, who's buying the battle pass? And who's, yeah, well, they're buying, they're funding the game. And, you know, again, it's like I, I've, I've, I've lo lost my mind, to be perfectly honest, just like trying to rail over the like, why aren't we being listened Real. to? And, and, you know, maybe we sound like whiny babies to, to people listening who are like, well, I don't care about you guys and your corner crazy and your GM games. Like, who cares? Like, I don't want this. I want to be able to play Sojourn in my game. Or I don't want this to be a thing in my game. Like, Roadhog is fine in my game. Actually, it's Genji who's who's more oppressive in my games. I'll throw you some and, junk rat nerfs, so you agree. Well, yeah. And it's just like, but you got to look at the decisions that are made. And they always come back to the same core experience. It's like, again, why? because I was trying to process. I'm like, why wouldn't they patch sooner? Well, because if you're if you're a casual player, you maybe don't log in that often, so you don't you don't want to be overwhelmed by constant patches that constantly change the game. Why do we need map rotations? Like, let's not kid ourselves that ninety percent of the player base of the hardcore community haven't played these maps like for six years. Well, because if you're a brand new player to Overwatch Two, they're all new maps to you, so they would all be overwhelming if you were thrown into the entire map pool. So we narrow the map pool so that someone who's new has time to learn all the games in the limited like because in the two month window. This is the thing. We probably play as much Overwatch in one week that the average player plays in the entire season. So we get annoyed in one week in the time that it would take a normal person to process the entire season. And then at the end of the season, they might be like, I'm ready for a change now. I'm ready for a different character to be meta. I'm ready for a new map. I'm ready for a new map pools. I'm ready for a new hero. Because we play, and, and this is the thing, our experience doesn't matter, which is a horrendous thing to have to come to terms with. I hate it. And I'm strongly right. considering not playing too much Overwatch anymore. I don't know. I don't even know exactly what extent that is, but I'm strongly reconsidering my involvement in the Overwatch community, but that's because it's not a game for me. It's not a game for me. And it, for the normal person, 
they get that fresh experience every two months. We get it every one week and we get sick of it. And we're like, how are you guys not seeing this? How don't you see this? Because we fucking play it all day, every day. Best of both worlds. I think you genuinely can, but we're not. I think you can, but like their priority is the other way, right? And, and maybe that's yeah, that's the right. difference of execution, right? It's like if they were going to lean anyway, they'd probably lean towards the casual side and, and, and they don't mind. It, you know, it, They are going to aim for perfection too. They want to, to satisfy both sides. But we would say they've missed. What does that mean though? Like, like if I, like this, is the, this is where I always get lost in that conversation. It's like, well, we got to cater to the casuals. And a lot of different people say this, right? But what does it actually mean in substance? Like define what they would say. Because like, listen, you got to ring the register, especially as a free-to-play game. This is why... I've seen a lot of people complaining about the shop bundles and stuff, and I've actually leaned more towards Blizzard's side on this because this is what you have to do to compete in the industry, right? I'm not saying it's too overpriced or underpriced, but these bundles, unlike previous skins, were created with the sole purpose of being sold as a bundle. They weren't, hey, this season has a new legendary skin for the people who've already bought the game, here you go. No, we're free to play now. We need to ring the register, which I love, as long as you put that money back into your product and into your employees, into your company. I love that, right? That's peak capitalism when you're actually taking care of your people. Reward the artists more who are making the Poseidon Ramatra skin. That thing is sick. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know, like the skins have been fantastic. I do want to shout out the artists real quick. The, the art Yo. in Overwatch 2 has been oh, yeah. out of this world. Uh, Shambali is the best map they've put in the game since, like, maybe OG Ikenwald, like, or Rialto. Or maybe, maybe not Rialto is one of the best maps. Like, I think Shambali is, like, literally the best. It might be the best map they've ever put in the game. The, from the artwork to the the gameplay, I love it so far. I've really enjoyed the map. I know my, some people might disagree with me, but <laughs> I'll I let you know when I played it. I was going to laugh hard, but yeah, yeah. I, I listen. Good, well, it's good. bad. It's bad for Ryan, but for me, I love the Ryan's map. It's bad everywhere. Yeah, yeah touche, touche. <laughs> I, I love the map. I love the design. It's just fun. Um, but like, what does? And this is where I think I, I think, think I have an answer. You, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I think I have an answer because I think the way we see the game is at the highest level. It should it should have sanity. It should it should there should be a rule set. It should be the the highest skill heroes reward the most, and it plays in a way that makes sense. And then everything else trickles down. Like that's probably our POV, right? We're like everything else will sort itself out once you fix that. I don't think that's the way they see it. Again, I don't know. Maybe they're listening and they're like, "You're a clown. If you stop speaking for us, you're talking shit." That's not how we see it. But the way I think their emphasis of like lean towards the casual be first and foremost, someone who's playing in gold and plat. Can they pick whatever they want and pop off? That's the, and then then fall wherever else may be. I think that's the so the the middle point of like where it should have sanity is lower down. It's like it's for the quick play warrior who maybe if they yeah, ever well, go Johnny into Johnny can't play ball right now, so he has the game uninstalled because he's mad at Kiriko vulnerability. And, and but Roma. well, of course, there's going to be in any model there's going to be left left behinds, right? And ball would be one of those heroes who's mechanically very difficult, right? Like because mm -hmm. he requires so much input. But like again, for someone who locks in, they lock Roadhog and they're like. Alex flats it. I land one in five hooks, but they get to feel like they're a fucking god. Whether when you can land four out of five hooks, what that does at GM, it doesn't matter. Because for the for the average fundamental player, their experience makes sense, which is that they get to log in once or twice on the week and have fun and then log off and not have to think too hard about how to play their fucking hero. I, I'm just going to say this to close it out on, on that subject. I think a product that's designed to be soulless is destined to fail. That's all I'm going to say. But Overwatch will never fail at this point. It's not possible. Like, with the new... Well, with it's, this, it's not soulless. It has content coming out. Well, well, yeah. I mean, like, Overwatch is going to have content coming out for the foreseeable future. Like, like, 
you know, and we haven't even got to PVE yet. You know, I can see like at least the next two years, nothing they ain't going nowhere, at least for two years. Uh, but you're, I think you are right though. Maybe not. I don't know if intentionally with the soulless part is I could definitely see people kind of being a little bit soulless to it. Just treat it as a casual game. And I think might enjoy it better. And it sucks because we don't want to, but we might be forced to. And I think that's like a really bad scenario, but at some point we have to also protect ourselves because I feel like we've given a lot to this community. We've given a lot to legitimately to the team themselves. Like we give, like there are a lot of people that give actual feedback to the dev team. And like when we were, they were talking about mercy, all the mercy players hopped on Twitter and they talked about like, like Evie's like nine and a half page thesis on mercy and like talking about like why a Valk buff. So basically like, if you're healing somebody, right, you do 55, and, like, you pop Valk to go to 60, but they're really low, the beam disconnects for a second. It's like, that disconnect will let them die. Like, the buff could be just making sure it doesn't disconnect. I feel like that's a very simple ask. And they've been asking for it for, like, two years, and it never happened. Instead, you got five extra damage. So it's like, or sorry, five extra damage, five extra bullets. My bad. And, oh, and faster swap speed. So you should be doing more DPSing as Mercy in case you get isolated away from your teammates and need to defend yourself. Um, but point is, though, it's like, I, I wonder what point, like, you kind of just, you know, you kind of just defend yourself at this point and, like, try to go more casual instead of going oh, yeah. in on the, on the comp stuff. Because, like, I don't know, dude. I, this is scary. But when you look at a chain, that's exactly where it makes sense, though, right? Where you're like, who the fuck? Ask for five more bullets and a faster swap speed, but then you think, well, who's 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 that for? It's the person who runs it on quick play and gets that one funny moment that they get to share with their friends, where they pulled the Glock out and killed someone. That's fine. Right? I, I didn't mind it personally. I no, no. Like, I mean, okay. I'm not saying I'm, what I'm saying is like again, it, it speaks to where the where the emphasis lies, right? Like, because again, I agree. Like, the Mercy players have written essays. I think Doom, uh, like Quake, wrote like got like a. A full community survey from all the doofus yeah, mains yeah, where he tried yeah. to gather them all together, and I kind I didn't of read it. I was laughing because like it reminded me. I don't have time in my week I, to do that. <laughs> well, I, I'm in the full Frito arc now because it reminded me. Remember, I think all of you guys participated a while back in Overwatch One. We did these pugs about hero bands, and I got all of you to fill in a feedback form, and I got everyone in chat to fill in a feedback form, and we had like. 2000 form filled about like how people felt about hero bands and I was like I'm gonna write a fucking PDF document and it was literally like 10 pages long with an introduction and abstract I sent it over to Jeff Kaplan and he was like that's a cap dog that was that's was, like the extent of what he, what he said he's like cheers appreciate the feedback but no thanks and I was like what the fuck like I thought you guys wanted our opinion I took every major content creator put him in games tested the system for you got thousands of players to give their feedback and they were like yeah cheers for that dog but you know I don't want to say exa I don't think I'm in physically allowed to say exactly what he said, but he was basically like, "That's that's all. That's cool, bro. Cool story, but no <laughs> thanks." So like, it doesn't matter. Like all this effort. Like you know, I, I agree with Flats. Like where it's like, I think I just lose my mind if I kept trying to like find a way to make this game make sense. I think I gotta, I gotta stop and I gotta take it to my man Frito because he's been itching to speak and I want to hear what he's got to say about this. Uh I love the story you told, and since you told it, then I can give my comment on it, because I feel like prior to that point, you as a creator had this light inside of you, and every time you would speak about the game, it was with this like optimistic glow, and we would come on these podcasts, and I'd be the maniac, the, the only one, <laughs> and <clears throat> SV was kind of like leading the torch and trying to uh, come up with creative uh, content and get a lot of people involved. And 
after that moment, it's, I just saw that kind of like fizzle into pessimism, <clears throat> which I had, you know, for a while, I had that same um, process have because it's tough as a creator to give your heart and soul into something to such a degree and to be discounted by the people in charge as if you didn't just logically put them in a corner, right? It's like, I make this point, this point, this point. This is my evidence. What's your response? And I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to try to like, uh, make this a competition, but, um, <laughs> when it comes to high ranking devs saying, uh, heartbreaking things, I think I went, um, <laughs> yeah, I can agree with that. uh, but, um, that aside, um, so on one hand, I just feel like I'm ahead of the game on a lot of you with needing to take this cynically and take a step back and realize the game's not for us, which is sad, uh, because it can aspire to so much more. But on the other hand, um, I really think the only route I see out, which this is not going to happen, okay? Maybe they won't consider something like this for like a year. But when you have a game where certain combinations of strategies are too overly oppressive, the things you do in order to not just make a couple things run the entire game is you draft them, okay? And we've already, not only with uh, SVB's hero draft thing, this goes all the way back to Jane, okay? In the GOATS era, oh. tried hero bands. And here's one that's very interesting, okay? In that hero band tournament, what would happen is teams that were good at GOATS wanted to pick it and band towards it and would take out the counters to it. And let me, let me like, I don't know how many people watch, like, don't know these references, so I'm a little skittish to, like, require a lot of jargon, but if we think of the whole Overwatch 1 hero roster, what is the hero that enabled the counter comp the most? If you had to pick one, right? And, you, and you're like, I want to attack the counter comp. Let's see, we're gonna, this is a fun little game, because I know the answer, obviously, of, of what it was. But uh, does anyone want to take a guess? Was it Mercy? Or, like, one against goats? I'd say Mercy. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. I was going to try and offer a different answer, but okay, we we got the right one already. So. Like Farah was a big part of it, but Farah couldn't really work without the Mercy comp. And then there was Ball, but Ball Ball was also a linchpin because the Farah Mercy. So like the Mercy was just like the big one. And she was right. the only one who could survive in the multi DPS comp. You could survive, yeah. but most importantly, your DPS ults became up before the support ults, so you could build the Bob. Most importantly, it was Bob was very good. You pocket your Ash. I would pick Torb. We, we we ran more triple DPS in open division than any team in the GOATS era, and we won open division doing it. Then we went into contenders, and I think our our DPS map pick rate in GOATS meta was me. At the start, it was eight, it was me, A10, Awkward, um, Decod, the Norwegian, the Viking, man, and Icy. And we played, I, I, I couldn't even play Hanzo on a lot of maps. Like, I would hard play Torb, and like it was almost... A lot like Clockwork and Vendetta, too, where, like, you know, we had to play the Mercy because the Mercy, whoever the Mercy was on, got their ult first, and that won us the first fight, and it stopped the mass snowball of goats just rolling you with ults. That was the only way you could do it. Mm -hmm. Right. And another story Sam remembers, uh, I, I get a tickle whenever you bring this up, but when I was uh, GM on tank, or it was open queue, I think, at the time, actually, but when I was uh, a higher-ranked player, now, now GM on just support, but uh, me and Sam had some games where, uh, because I understood the counter to goats, um, and how to play the Orisa comp and the Orisa variant to counter it. We, we had a lot of fun games countering it like that. And people laughed at me at some of these opinions. And then the, the dragons. 
even owl players uh and then the dragons eventually showed how all these comps ball uh orisa mercy did counter goats okay so my point is there are analysts out here and we just said a lot of intelligent stuff okay a lot, a lot of really deep oh, but yeah but this does that that does this and this does this and this is because of that right and we have all this information why ignore this in the balancing or one step further if you are going to ignore it then just let us have the fun with this with the draft mode is, is my point because we can have these conversations and the game can turn into this uh what we want it to be and have this competitive integrity if we're allowed to do the same thing that all these other games do because it's not like league of legends isn't for casuals as well like it's it's massively played it's just that because there's a draft mode then at every given rank you can decide well um symmetra is a big deal for my gameplay experience and i can ban that or you know this is the seagull argument and i really wanted to let this argument die because it was so clear they didn't want to do this, but then they keep coming out to commit to um, contradictory design philosophy where they say, well, it's not about hero swapping. And then we had all, all these comps in beta. And now, oh, no, 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 we want you to do that. Why? So that we buy the battle pass? Like, I really don't know at this point because you said no, then, then it felt like you built the game to do that. And now you're okay with counterpicking and we're telling you it sucks on tank especially like like counterpicking on tank is just like th this is terrible because um and i read some comments you know a lot a lot of casual players think the game is about counterpicking and want it to be about counterpicking and what you don't understand is like there's a difference between improving a matchup and requiring now to full swap your comp and strategy that's a big difference between like we try to think of like a really cool matchup that, that would be a good example of this. Well, the worst one, of course, is is Winston, who's Winston a character a that just you have to swap when they pick the counters. But what what would be more like more of a healthy one? It's like um, uh, you, you that's one you like. Maybe if Hog was nerfed a bit, <laughs> no, I was, uh, but like in theory, maybe like, like maybe like Sig v Ryan, right? Like, you can make it work either way. Yeah. Right, that that two two different playstyles that are strong at what they do, and you don't necessarily have to abandon the entire thing you were going for because the enemy exists on something else. Right, existing on something else, it, hard counters. That's that's what we mean. We don't want can hard I, counters I, in the game, and they do exist. And you told us they wouldn't, so fix it, or can I, let can us draft because we understand the game at a level where we can say, well, yeah, you re you made sojourn maybe good or flat. Great. Like those changes were, as SV said, they are what you said you wanted to do. So you succeeded in that. You kind of like leveled out uh, her medium tier base. It was something since I mentioned her again, kind of the disagreement earlier between Flats and Samito, I think is like the difference between Sojourn's like tank pressure versus like sniper pressure. And it's been kind of moved away from the sniper pressure into just sort of general damage dealer. But e either way, like, like maybe let's say that's good for the average player. But what's not good is that now we can break the game so easily because we understand it and, and we keep falling into these degenerative metas that we don't want to play. Like, it shouldn't be the case that we're in Season 2 and one of our best creators is like, I don't want to play ranked anymore. Like, that that should be the, you know, ringing the alarm bells. Like, what do you mean? Like, like this is supposed to be the rewarding experience that uh, we, we grind for and we have to experience the game in a casual way because you don't want to commit to uh, to uh fully go towards that direction and i just don't i'm i'm you know i really try to to see some of the um blizzard point of view on this but 
I can't see it because the solutions I see, I don't think hurts anyone. It's just like the right call for everyone. It, it feels to me, uh, and maybe that's uh, my bias, but like I just I don't see where the where the downsides would be if we did some mm -hmm. of these things. Either ba balancing quicker, balancing the way I'm suggesting, uh, making a more competitive format. All all of this would just help the game because it isn't like in plat you you don't feel the hard counter problem. It's just like you maybe do. you can abuse some broken BS too, but that I, I don't think people actually find that fun. It's like, that's what I'm trying to say. It's like the fun factor of the game isn't be, um, easily one shot killing things with Sojourn. It's like the the diversity of all the fun in the game, right? And, and some fun robs other fun, <laughs> so it's mutually exclusive in some ways. And I haven't really heard the opinion that Sojourn's not strong enough. I I feel like I. Am I being gaslit? What is this? Everyone was telling me, every tier list I saw, was like, Frito, you're an idiot. You don't know anything. Oh, you're suggesting well, Platts play Soldier because his win rate's higher. I got, I, everyone's laughing at me for this. And, and now and now all of a sudden, everyone agrees that Soldier was bad in uh, Metal Ranks? I've been like trying to get everyone to see that's the case, but no one cared. And, and I don't see any opinions. I, I read a lot of comments. I, I read everything. Okay, I, I haven't seen this metal rank opinion where they're like buff soldier. No, 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 they don't like her either. <laughs> Whether no, she don't. wins or not, it's not the point, right? I, so I just I, this data driven approach does not make the game fun. Data is important. Don't get me wrong. Okay, like like it's important to know soldier's win rate is actually higher. Or Ryan's win rate is is higher in, in gold and plat. That, that's interesting information. But you don't basis your whole opinion on that. You got you got to get all this from this show, okay? Like like all of this is so much more valuable than well. Ryan's got a fifty three percent win rate and goal. I, that's not enough, okay? That, that you've you've only began the conversation, right? Like like the IQ of the conversation of this game is as if it's launch Overwatch one and nobody knows what they're talking about. That's not the case anymore, okay? Because we keep predicting things and they come true. That's that's what science is, actually. If we make a hypothesis and say like this, this this will happen, and in fact we give you detailed reasons for it, and then you ignore us next time when I write again, it's like I I can't do this forever, okay? Like I, 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 insanity. I we've all lost yeah. our mind. Well, I I have a rant I want to go on, but first I want to let Flats go because I have a rant off of what Frito said, but I I know Flats haven't had a chance to say anything for a while, so I want to let you chime in if anything Frito said vibe with you. I only have, I only have one thing. It's, he, he brought up with data. I actually talked about the other day on stream. And data is very important. Um, I mean, well, I think a lot of people know I have like a media conglomerate of YouTube editors and media empire going on. Uh, and I have a guy Flats on Army. who, yeah, who does basically, he, he's basically my data analyst. And he's, over the past like year or so I've had him, has taught me a lot, like certain things like in titles, having a certain word capitalized gave us like a, like a 10% increase in viewership and people clicking on it. Like they were like, Oh, like that's like something draws their attention. And then we found out it's even higher if it's like an adjective or a verb, you know, like something that's like describing or something that's happening. Um, and, and it goes even further where like certain thumbnails have certain like uh, expressions and it's like almost like calls to action and like the differences between like what facial expressions happen uh, it, it changes the way that people click on it and the viewership you get because you can end up kind of asking a question. And that was actually something we did very early on in Overwatch 2 was many people were actually clicking on videos not to watch the videos, but to literally just talk about Overwatch 2 almost as if it was a Reddit forum. 
And we were able to use that in a lot of ways where, you know, I uploaded like a Junker Queen game and I played some Junker Queen. The whole comments is talking about like, I don't know, fucking mercy or some shit like like they're off bases. They're off in their own la la land. Like, you know, but hey, the video got like 400K views. So I don't give a fuck. But like the point is, though, is if I followed everything that was data driven and we actually fell into this problem in Overwatch 1 at one point where we were constantly chasing the data and like, okay, like these certain words seem to do better. These certain types of thumbnails start to do better. And then viewership starts coming down because it's not as interesting anymore. It's lost the art. It's lo- it's lost that the passion that makes content interesting. And I think esports is a good example of it in the last few years where everyone wanted to get into esports and it got this big injection of money and everyone wants to play and everyone everyone wants in on the pie. And it's like, then you have these really corporate, very fucking vi- rigid esports and stuff. And it's like, you don't get the the nice, like, you know, comms of the players. You don't get to hear the passion. Everything is like super corporate. Everything's super like smoothed over. And like, people aren't interested in that shit. It's boring. Like it, it loses like the, what used to be like, even like 2012 esports of like, oh, it's like almost like a, like a super land party for a bunch of money type of deal. And it's like, I learned that in content. I can't just follow the data all the time. And if I do that, I will fail and I won't do as well. And people don't enjoy the content as much. It feels like almost like some suits are running it. It doesn't feel like what's is running it anymore. And I feel like balance is almost the same thing. And then how this game feels is data is very important. And you should absolutely be looking at the data and like certain things, like how long does it take to kill and, and win a fight in gold? Like if, if a fight in gold takes three and a half minutes to end because nobody dies because the healing's too high, you buffed the healing because you needed it in, in high elo because like you know like people were dying too fast so the healing was helping self-sustain like then at that point then it's like okay the high elo is wrong we need to change it for gold because it's it's just like a really bad experience for them that's good things to do for data but then there's also the feeling aspect of okay why is you know mercy's win rate's really high and so is sojourn's you know maybe mercy and sojourn need nerfs it's like no actually sojourn just needs a change mercy's actually fine um if anything needs actually a little bit of help in certain areas, like, you know, when it's not a good mercy meta or a meta that mercy can enable because the sojourn, you need to have like the feeling aspect. That's like, it's the sojourn pairing that they, them being together and how they synergize and how they play together and how the strategies work. That needs to also have the art form of it. And I feel like we're missing that now. And that's why I don't, that's why the whole data driven thing scares me a bunch. Well, it's kind of like the the expertise thing that Frito's talking about, where it's like, you can have the data, and I suppose the devs would say, we have the expertise, we don't need you fucking idiots on this podcast just rambling all day, like, we don't need you guys. We'd say, well, we've got, well, we'd say we've got the expertise, like, why don't you, you know, if if you have the data, you can tell, okay, guys, we think that actually this is bad in, in gold. And we'd be like, well, I think the reason you, you're seeing that is because of this. Like, we understand potentially the experience. Again, some viewers in chat will say, you guys don't understand what it's like in gold. But I'd like to think that we spent our, our entire livelihood is to understand what it's like for our viewer base, right? Like, it would be dumb for us to not be in touch with what the people who view our content are feeling about the game. So, like, you know, it goes back to the experience thing and, uh, that Frito was talking about earlier. And I think as well, like, the whole, like, sojourn being not broken in gold or whatever... Every time I, that gets brought up, I, I always get someone in my chat or, or comments being like, that's not true. She's still oppressive in gold. And, you know, again, it's like this is where you have to start wondering. I think maybe it was Sam who mentioned this in a different podcast where it's like, well, are the good sojourns just climbing? You know, like, is that what's going on? So it's like these other things that the data can sometimes miss even, right? It's like, well, maybe it is still oppressive in gold, but you just see them climb out very quickly. But you anything to chime in on that? Because I have a rant to go on on the on the draft system, which is not surprising to anyone who's listened to this podcast for a while. But do you guys want to chime in on anything related to that for now? Okay. Okay. I, I go. Hear it. Okay. I go. 
Okay, uh, much like, you know, Frito saying earlier where it's like, you know, Flats was the unhinged version of himself earlier. Frito has kind of been rather tame with the with the draft system. I'm now going to go the unhinged version and just say it. Hero swapping in the way that currently manifests is not a skill in Overwatch. It is not. Because the counter argument people always say was like, hero swapping is so core to Overwatch, it's such an important skill. It's fucking not, dude. Because the current manifestation of hero swapping is literally my hero beats your hero. I can train a fucking monkey to do that in a game of Overwatch. I can train a fucking monkey to be like, they picked Winton, I pick Roadhog. Okay, I win now. My character beat your character. And it's like, there's fucking TikToks out there from fucking two IQ amoebas that have understood this idea that you can condense the counterpick meta into just a fucking chart and be like, when they do this, you do this. That is not skill, my guy. That is not any fucking skill, nor is it any fucking knowledge. Because you can literally write that down in a fucking piece of paper. And here's the irony, right? People think that restricting certain picks will restrict the meta diversity. It's the fucking opposite. Because here's the fucking thing about the way maps work in Overwatch. We have different fucking maps that already enable different comps. So if it's Gibraltar, you're already going to be picking a different map, like hero to what you would have picked on King's Row, right? It's like you load into the map and you say, okay, King's Row, this is a, this is a choke, brawly kind of map. I can run Ryan here. There isn't too much high ground. Then you lock into Gibraltar and you're like, okay, this has got a lot of high ground and a lot of verticality. I need to pick Winston here. When you make it so that hard counters exist the way they do and that everybody can fucking access them with no penalty, can always swap to them to hard counter your one fucking tank, you remove the diversity that comes from the map choice. Because in every fucking map, when you pick Winston, they go fucking hog, and it doesn't matter if it's Gibraltar, because you're still going to fucking lose. Even though it's your map that was supposed to favor your hero pick, that was supposed to provide you diversity, you're going to fucking lose, because they have the access to just go switch to hog at any point and destroy your character with no skill input compared to what you're trying to do on Winston. Sam. So to add to that too, like in Overwatch 1 when the big drop-off was the ult charge passive, right? Where it's like you didn't maintain your ult charge. So that almost like, okay, you have to be good enough to say this ult charge isn't worth it. But with how the breakpoints work with time banks and ult economy and the snowball of ultimates, just by maintaining 30%, a lot of the time that won't actually bring... Like, it's almost like you're not being punished at all because of how the ult snowball works. It's even it's so. even the opposite, Sam. Because here's the thing, right? Like, this is the thing, especially in certain modes, what I found is you actually get punished for winning the first fight. Because here's what happens, right? You run Winston. You win the first fight. You farm them. You're on 30, 40% ult charge. They go back with the 30, 40. They pick an optimal comp to counter your comp. They come back for the second fight. They now get to build to 50-60% ult charge. You now lose on Winston. You're sat on 60% ult charge and you're like, either I got to go back and lose this ult charge or play multiple fights losing to get my ult and actually now even the economy. So you actually Jump lose. You actually, you actually lose for winning the first fight. You're punished for winning the first fight because they go back and they counterpick you. So it's like the fucking opposite of what it was supposed to be, right? And again, another counterpoint people bring is like, well, what if what if they ran Farah and it's Icon Vault and I picked Junk May? And it's like, <laughs> I just the problem there... I finally put it into... I, I was doing this a little bit, but like I finally did oh, the old yeah. math and like it was I was kind of doing it in my like subconscious and rank. But I, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. I need a drink. Jesus, continue. <laughs> No, I mean, so here's the thing. The problem that people have with like, 
Well, I need to know if they're running Farah, otherwise I'm gonna get hard countered. That's not a that's not an issue that comes from hero swapping. That's an issue for comes from fucking playing Overwatch blind at the start of the game. Cause you let's say again, let's say it is Iconvolt. Let's say you did pick Junkrat Mayon Defense because you're like, let's spam the choke, and they run out on Farah. You're gonna lose the first point anyways. All you get to do is go back and swap. And then make it so that you can play the second point. The problem is that you just couldn't see what they were going to fucking run. And you had to guess blind. And play the first map, first fight blind. That is also solved by a draft problem. As is the, well, what if they ran hog anyways? Because you can fucking ban the hero. You can ban the hero that hard counters you and lets you play the game now. Anyways, yeah. Frito. And even in Valorant. They wanted a, a pick draft, not pick ban, but just a pick order so, so that you can build your, like, like, imagine that, right? Like, it's hard to understand because we always talk about bans, but, like, you would draft the heroes in Valorant. This is what they wanted. I don't think they actually did this. I have fell out from that game. But because of what you're saying, the blind pick, let's say, let's say you don't know what comp they're going to run on, on, on defense is what you're saying, or, or because the attackers in Overwatch can swap so easily... Uh, it's easier for them to just counterpick you because they can just walk back to spawn, whereas you, your spawn is miles away. So you have a comp swap disadvantage when defending. Um, if you, if there was a, a selection draft, then you could see, oh, they're angling to have these heroes, um, even if all things were otherwise equal. Even if you could mirror pick, and let's say, I don't know, everyone drafts 10 heroes or something, was like my suggestion, because then you could have some counterpicks uh, in there baked in but you're playing from a select bit of the roster, uh, even with no bans and no mutual pick, which I also want. But then you would at least have that ahead of time. Now, of course, this adds steps to the uh, process. But to take this game competitively seriously at this point, like I just struggle to see how A, balance can do it, or B, they'll ever um, gain the data required. Like I just think we've, we've hammered that point home so well with, between all of us now that... They're physically incapable of collecting the data properly that they need They need to make the decisions that are required to, to do this. And um, what sucks about it is we have to play season two now, I think, in its entirety, probably, with this mechanic being in the game. And for them to eventually realize we were right at this point, and in fact, weeks ago, I mean, SV's immediate reaction was like, why are you incentivizing counterpicking? Can, and, I, can, I, yeah, can uh, I just say, I was yeah. the only fucking person yelling about this and everyone was like, what you are you were. talking about? I was you like, were. this is going to fucking ruin it. This is going to fucking ruin it. And it's like, it's just incentivizing. It's, not, it's just making it less punishing. No, it's not. They are mutually exclusive. You cannot incentivize it without making it an advantage for the next guy. Can I say this really quick? But if, let's just let's just say some hypothetical situation that are like, oh yeah, like this actually makes some sense. Let's do it. Let's do what we actually fucking ask and not do hero pools when we ask for hero bans oh, because those God. that was. I'm so I, um, I'm, I'm sick of like I the like cats picking my heroes. <laughs> <laughs> I actually talked about. The I cat was recently. drinking, Sam. How oh, dare shout you? Out to, no, shout out to that cat for banning all hit scan for one week. That was like, wait, no, wait. Is that the, cat pick? May, no, the cat pick me. The cat pick me. The, the cat actually, the cat was legitimately one of the best weeks, though. They actually yeah, got for good real, for real. Like, the and cat the cat, ironically, the cat was the best one. But Shout like, out, Zoe. But, like, I, you know, I actually, I, I have a lot of, like, new Overwatch TV viewers, and, like, I actually was telling people about that, and they legitimately just didn't believe me. They're like, that's not real. I'm like, no, no, we actually experienced that. Like, yeah, there was a week where we couldn't play what we wanted or play whatever because a cat picked. A cat decided. 
And uh, <laughs> like, like y'all don't understand, we've been through some shit in this community. Oh, oh, so like we're a little jaded is, sometimes. There's a reason. It wasn't even just for ranked. It was for freaking pro play. Like your job is resting on a cat. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> it really was. <laughs> And let's let, like let's not beat around the bush. Like I'm, let's not try to like outthink ourselves into the fucking ground here. Okay, like like like. Man. Hey, speaking okay. of cats, well, this is the thing though. Where's Jetpack Cat? Where is it? True. Right. We have a this hamster. Is another thing that happens. Go ahead, Sam. I was gonna say we have a hamster. We have a, a, a is Winston a silverback or he's just a gorilla? He's a gorilla. We've got I guess hogs. Not really a hog. We've got a horse, a, an omnic horse. Where is the Jetpack Cat? All I'm saying. So. I want to, I want to, you know, as much as I enjoy this rant, I want to, I want to try and guide it because somewhere else as well, because we've talked a lot about this. Um, and yeah, I will just chime in to say with what I agree with Flatswitch, where sometimes we give an idea and they're like, we will do it our way. Like, thanks for the information. We'll find another way around it. Although I do think that in Overwatch 2, they've done less of that, where they have just straight up yoinked ideas from like other games. Because previously they would like, another game does it like this. Why can't you do it like this? And they'd be like, no, nah, let's do it our way. But now they'll just straight up yeah. yoink. Just so that's good. Yeah, no, it's 100%. Because then because then people come back and they point at us and they're like, you asked for this. I didn't ask for it. Nobody fucking asked for hero pools. Please, don't don't put this on me. Um, but anyways, any, anything else to chime on that before we move into the various other things I want to quickly discuss as well? Yeah, I apologize for um, forcing us no, down don't, that road. Don't, don't. It's just, I think it's just it's true, is, 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 the, yeah. is the thing. It's like, I have put that to bed many times in my career yeah, me to too. be like, all right, they're not going to do this. But at some point, this, this is actually the only way left, in, in my opinion, at this moment, because of how they're developing the game and, and what in the strategy. So anyway, um, hopefully they open their eyes to this. <laughs> uh, they, they didn't seem like entirely against it for Overwatch no, 2. There was, a, there was a thing, but, a quote where he said, we're, we're, it's, it's, we're not against it. Literally, I think he said, we're not against the idea of a draft system, but it's not on their radar right now, I think. Yeah. And and at the rate they want to keep adding heroes, at the, the the casual design for a lot of things, I I think it would like have give us the best of both worlds, where the game is fun casually, and we could actually have a, a more serious um, competitive game that keeps up with the wackiness because it's it's ridiculous that we think the best patch was beta one <laughs> or two or whatever it was, uh, yeah so. Anyway, let's get on to some other subjects. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. I agree. And it's it's sad. I, but I don't want to keep ranting. We'll rant about a different topic instead. So, uh, something that's been bothering the community recently is the competitive system. And most specifically, the fact that at the end of last season, uh, you thought, bitch you thought, you ended a certain rank. But turns out you might not well have ended that certain rank. So when your end screen showed and said, this is what your rank was, it was potentially different than what you thought it was. And they had to put out a statement that said, basically, yeah, look, your end of season rank could be different uh, because we're constantly adjusting your rank anyways. Uh, and also at the start of the new season, you will be demoted. Like you're going to drop ranks and you're going to have to climb back up. However, your MMR is still there and we are matching your gameplay. Like your matches are based off of your MMR. So don't worry. Your games are still based off your high MMR. Sam's got his hand up politely. Sam, go ahead. So... I want to take some accountability here because back in the day when they first did the 3900 reset, like that was like, I was one of those people pushing big for it. And now it wasn't what we wanted for. Like we, like obviously we wanted 
no five useless placements, all that stuff. So there's some improvements to this, and there were some things wrong with this, right? Number one, I don't think there's any reason to reset anybody under Masters 3 to a lower rank. It, the, there's no need to do that. It's more so at the high-level play when the balance patches come out that the, like, the meta can change and the hero people, different things can swap. Number two, there's no point to doing it if you don't change their MMR, right? Like, it, there's just no point. Like, it's just flashy, harder for no reason, right? So it's not a real reset. So if I'm Blizzard, you've got the right idea. You're just a little off the ball. I know people are really upset and really mad, and they have the right to be upset. For me, I see it as progress. So I think that they're very close to getting it, and I hope that next season they do with two changes. One, I don't think anybody that's below Masters 3 needs to be reset. I think it's counterproductive at that at the ranks lower. Generally, you don't you don't have to hard force the meta, and people are picking what they want, so the margin for error is larger. Therefore, there doesn't need to be the reset. Number two, reset MMR, put everybody at Masters three who is above Masters three, and actually have their hidden rank change. If Masters three is a little bit too low, you're worried about match quality, then go ahead and bump it up to like Masters one. Even could be fine because that's more realistic to where thirty nine hundred was, and I think people would be okay with that. But I, I jumped the gun a little bit. Heart in the right place. I respect the energy where you're going with it, but let's execute a little bit differently down the line. I think it's fine. I love, I love your points. I want to add one line, though, the, to the metal rank opinion. The thing that I think they're missing with this reset is, like, for people who play the game a ton at a high level, regaining it to sort of compete with the other people that are at a high level, it's almost like a Diablo ladder or something. It's, it's like you're trying to gain and play more and, and compete and get up on the top 500 leaderboard, et cetera. So resetting that is, was uh, useful. But the idea of like having a lower rank to start with and playing more to gain rank and improve is just the metal rank experience anyway. You don't need to reset anything because if you're in gold and you're trying to get to plat, like that's just the normal game. So, re re what's the point of resetting? Also, it's, you know, see what I'm saying? So, go ahead. And and also to chime in on that, like they again, we grind all the fucking time, so we'll spend you know hundreds of games just kind of bouncing in a small range. Whereas for someone who's like actually trying very hard to improve, but let's say doesn't have that much time because they have a real fucking job, they will spend an entire season to climb a few hundred SR, and then when you take that all away, like their whole motivation to get better goes away because they worked really hard to be like, I worked really hard to improve. See you later. And then they're back to like bronze. And they're like, what was the point of this? Like, what did I spend an entire season getting that silver or gold that I worked really hard for? Because again, we, we're going to grind for the GM anyways. Like we're always going to GM. But for them, just even getting that was an achievement. So dropping it down like robs them of the achievement in many ways. I want to take it to Flats. Flats, what are your thoughts on, on, on the whole system? I'm actually like slightly different opinion, uh, but agreed but disagree. Um, big ones the communication, it just absolute fucking failure again, and get, that's getting old. Um, but I'm actually the opinion that resets are good, um, but the execution again is just terrible. Um, one, I'm it's the the problem of there's no communication on. Uh, your SR doesn't actually matter. Sorry, your skill tier division doesn't actually matter. There's this magic number in the background called MMR. We know what it is, but to the average player, they have no fucking clue what that is. In a game like Apex, where they have resets, when you are, let's say, uh, Predator, you're the top rank, you get reset back to Diamond. No, is it Diamond? Is it Diamond or is it Platform? I think it's Diamond, I think it's diamond 4. What happens is you play in Diamond 4 lobbies, it's all the Predator players. So you're still playing against the hard players the whole time. 
And then you climb through that. If you're the good players, if you're not as good as the top players, like a week later, then you climb because everybody else is on their way up. Everyone's moving. So let's say you're you're a pred player and you wait till the end of the season to play. You're playing against actual diamond players, not the pred players. You're playing against actual diamond players. So you should shoot straight through, like no problem. Like you should, like you'll then catch back up to what you're actually belong at. Overwatch doesn't work like that. So Overwatch, you still go off this magic matchmaker number, and it's why the 3900 system was an absolute failure, and everyone said it was a failure and didn't want it anymore. And I actually was one of the people that said something about this, and I actually, like, in an actual discourse, was like, that's player perception. I was like, that's bullshit. Like, that's not player perception. If I am 3900 and I'm playing in what is considered like a 44, 4500 MMR lobby, win or lose, it's still a terrible outcome. Because if I lose, well... I lost and I'm still masters. But if I win, instead of getting 30 SR, I got 37. And that compounds because then you get to like 4,100 and you're low GM and you're like, okay, I'm a better player than this. But you're playing in really hard games. Your MMR is now higher and higher. So you actually need to lose games to realign them. So yes, you're gaining more SR and losing less, but it takes time for them to realign again. The same thing's going to happen in skill tier divisions. Where let's say if you're a diamond player and you're reset down to gold, you're still playing in diamond lobbies. So you feel like, why am I a gold player? I'm not a gold player. My teammates suck. I'm playing normal. But you're actually playing against other diamonds. And your your teammates are also diamonds. But you are under the perception that you're playing with golds against golds. And that is not explained to you because there's zero communication. So I think having resets is okay. Every season working your way back up to plat would be fine if as the season went on, let's say you're in silver, let's say you play a month later, all the plats you were actually supposed to play with are in plat now. And if you played, you play against silvers because you're silver. So if you were actually a better player than them, you should climb through no problem because that's how you would climb through the ranks. Normally you would either, if the matchmaking system was correct and it was a good system, you should climb if you're a better player. So if you're in silver and you're plat player, you'll climb through no problem. You'll win a lot of games and you know what? It'll probably be a lot of fun because you actually are playing against real silver players, not the plat players that you're being quote matched up against. So it's this perception problem that already we have because the skill tier divisions don't update every time anyways. You have to win seven games or lose 20. So you don't even know where the fuck you are half the time. And I know Karku actually got to do it. Um, so I'm going to use him as an example. He actually grinded it in one night, but his placements were Masters 5, Masters 3, Masters 1, GM 2, like GM 2 I think, and then GM, or sorry, GM 4 and then GM 2. So it's like he had to win a bunch of games to still climb back up like normal, but the games were still GM games the whole way through. So it's like, if you end up coming back two weeks in, you're Masters 5. And, and, and as a streamer, it's a great time because you're like, why are you Masters or why are you Diamonds? Like, I just haven't played enough games yet. It's like, that. it's just such a weird system. Like, no game does this. Like, we're a hybrid where we don't commit to either one. We either commit to resetting and MMR and SR need to reset together so they're aligned, or... We don't reset at all, and that way you just have everyone play like normal. Like, like I don't, I, I just don't get it. Like, I don't understand this whole system. It's like we keep having these in betweens. Like, I, I, I kind of get it, but we're not committing to either one, and because we're in the middle, it sucks. 
and then it gets worse throughout the season because you're get to GM and someone else doesn't play that much this season. Their their profile says diamond, so you get in, you check their profile, and you're like, I'm playing with a diamond player, but their MMR is actually GM, but you don't actually know that because the system's also fucked and ranked actually feels worse and the matchmaker feels worse because then you also see sometimes oh that teammate of mine was masters maybe they're not actually masters and then you watch their pov and you're like holy shit that guy actually has a pulse like i'm not sure about that one like so it's this all it's this system of like it's like roulette of like okay i see diamond i'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that's not actually diamond but there's a chance it actually is and by somehow making it so clouded and so like you don't understand the way the system works, it'll confuse people enough to not be toxic and not to say, oh, that teammate who you think is two and a half ranks lower than you and you actually couldn't queue with even if you tried, uh, they're actually in the same elo <laughs> as you. Um, but uh, the it's, it's off the matchmaker number, the MMR number uh, that's in the background. You, you can't see that, though. That's ours. Um, so you can't get that. Uh, but 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 tr but trust us though. Just trust us on that. Um, uh, they they might have been using their nade out of spawn every single time and have been spawn killed by the tracer six times because they walk out the door, throw it off the top, the tracer knows and just walks over and one clips her. But 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 I promise you though, they're in your rank. Like how like how how are we supposed to believe anything at this point? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I I'm in the middle. I agree and disagree. I don't fucking okay. So I just want to quickly just because uh, Gavin <sighs> Winter is in the chat and he says. The purpose of doing the skill tier division and decay at the end of the season was to give players a sense of progression each new season. We do hear the feedback that players aren't enjoying this change, though. So. Uh, Frida, I'll take it to you because you, I think you've been wanting oh, to say something. Yeah, I've been looking to oh, explode. Wait, also, What's cool is flat says, Sorry, sorry, sorry. Also, he said, also, we did try to explain how the system worked when we launched Overwatch 2 with the blog post about it, but I think our in-game explanation of how it works is not good enough right now. Carry on. The thing I liked about Flats is he had a whole argument with himself. <laughs> and he argued both sides great. Like, <laughs> um, and I see both sides, but it's like, yes. it's it's ass, just period. That's it. Like, and, and what's cool now that we have like a body of work of of group up podcasts through the years, I true. seem to remember Flats giving the same arguments about the thirty nine hundred reset and how bad it affected him. And there had to be. I'm I'm, I'm I hope I remember this right. Plat Andy's in the chat. We're like, that's just a GM problem. Well, now it's your problem because they just took the same system and everyone gets to have the thing that he said and now, detail. Right, right, exactly. So it's like they just spread the problem around. And okay, so, uh, you know, with Gavin in the chat, uh, <laughs> great to have you here, bud. Uh, one of my favorite devs. Uh, possibly true, my favorite. True, Gavin is a favorite uh, of mine. Gavin's, yeah, Gavin's an OG. Obviously, Whenever we're, 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 we're maybe Gavin is a real one. We're, we're, we're upset here. And obviously, see, he's probably listened to the whole show, right? So th these these devs, they do care. It's not that they don't listen. It's just like the decision-making we're not happy with. Um, I think Flats is right when he says, the point of it, I thought, was to reset MMR. That That's the thing. So if, if you're saying that because you're adjusting to meta changes, right? I, I think soft resetting MMR would make sense. And we can maybe sell people on that idea. But that's not what you did. So everyone's got this. It, it's just the thirty nine hundred problem. I I, I I can't. I don't want to repeat his points. So I'll just say it's that same frustration of like I have to deadlift extra to get to where I was. And yes, I understand the sense of progression. I get all that. Dope. I mean, I, I made a video about this myself where um, I see all those points, and I personally like the system. I like it because I'm a dumb monkey. 
and I like the game showing a little smaller icon and I like, Oh, I must be really good. Cause it's like when I re-rank it's a little up here and then, then, uh, you know, I, I don't care about anything. He just said about the quality of the games and all that. Like I, I understand I put that to the side. I'm able to understand. I just got to play the game. I'm in win those games. And then I get the, the dopamine hit. But the problem is that doesn't really work for average uh, players. And, uh, in many in many ways, because they would expect their games to be easier. Like they can't do the required yeah. reading, like like the we have the blog posts, and you know, nobody's reading the blog, blog post, post bro. Yeah. I read a blog post. The casual player sees a rank, and they think they're in the rank, and they think their teammates are in that rank. And you can't just like say like, well, there's a magic trick going on that you don't understand. It's just like believe in the magic. Like, well, voila, there's a rabbit out of that. Like, no, like nobody thinks that way, right? And like, in uh, I left this feedback in the Discord as well, but and this also happens with like the uh, the title cards you get because. It doesn't say which um, role you had, so uh, I can pretend like, oh, I'm I'm a grandmaster's DPS player. We really have a support, but like when I queue DPS and I have the little title on, I'm like, wait, wait, I'm a, I'm a grandmaster's yeah. player. You better watch out. You better watch out. And and people are on different roles as well, um, with with wide disparate uh, rank severity differences, where you might be five ranks ahead of your other ranks, and and that like there's all these little things that add up to the confusion is the point and um good luck guys good good luck like speeding up the rates that we figure this out so everyone's on the same page like i i want the mmr soft reset for meta reasons because camping sr isn't just a thing that happens in top 500 like that's one part of it but i, I like it because what we're going to see this is going to happen roadhog will be somehow nerfed because the game sucks with him this strong. You know it. You know it, Blizzard. I'm looking at you. You're pretending like, oh, but we've looked at the numbers. And Reinhardt, no, 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 no. That's not going to happen. He will be nerfed. And when he does, there's going to be diamond hog one tricks that need to all of a sudden learn Reinhardt or something when you finally decide to overbuff something else. And two it's, years it, too late. The, yeah, and the diamond game will suck because they're going to get these teammates that you didn't soft MMR reset. And, and uh, you're missing the point, I guess, is, is what I'm trying to say. You're missing the point of the quality of what that MMR reset was supposed to do. And uh, to me, anyway, when I signed up and said, it's okay. Because remember, I was one of the few people who said that MMR reset, hard MMR reset was a bad idea. Okay, but you're not even doing that. <laughs> Just the, the, I thought the point of the thing of the... Blah, 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 blah. Okay, anyway, uh, SB wanted to go. So, Roadhog I'll copium. Uh, yeah, I lost I lost a bit of train of thought in some of it. I was just listening, I was just listening and admiring the rant. Um... I was basically just gonna just gonna add on the on the soft MMR reset thing. So I think the, the the problem that you're trying to tackle is SR is camping, right? Or like or basically people not reaching a certain rank in one season and then not being able to match that in another season. Like I, I've I've made a session before and I'll make it again because I don't and no one's really said to me a, a counter argument that would be like, oh yeah, okay, I see why that would be dumb, which is just like, oh, I remember what I was gonna say, which is that I think they've done the like this is where we were talking about this in the previous podcast is that obviously a lot of this is data-driven, like science, right? They'll be like, we done, we've looked at the psychological research and it says that players uh, prefer the progression system. But here's where I think that falls apart because yes, it, maybe it makes sense for players where they're like, we knock them down arbitrarily so that when they play, they start climbing really fast and they think they're really good. The problem is you don't, you don't even see that for seven games. Maybe 10, 12, 15 games, you don't even see the climb. So you just start a new season and you're like, shit, I'm bronze five again? Well, fuck, what was that all about? And then you play eight games, win four of them, and you're like, I'm still bronze five. 
fuck is this shit? I'm still bronze five. All my teammates are still bronze five. What the fuck is this shit? So like the whole progression thing that I think it was supposed to give the player <laughs> is like completely fucked by the fact that you don't see where you're going. Right? So it's just like, I think it's oh, like the idea of like, let's give them fucked. progression. We're so fucked. Fucked by the fact that you can't see the progression anyways until you win these potential seven games, which takes a long time. So there's that. The other thing I was going to say, I said this many times, I said this many times on the Discord server on the podcast before as well. Why not just have a season minimum, which is you must play these many games in a season and if you don't then you will be decayed because i understand people who are like i played a lot of games i don't want to get decayed for no reason why am i getting decayed because if you played okay let's say what's, what's the first top 100 25 games right 25 games to get in the top 100 leaderboard minimum if you play 25 games in a season you've proved because the, the problem comes someone reaches plat next season starts they don't play much they don't even, let's say they don't even play the entire season. They come back season three, still plat, because they were able to camp it. And in season one, Roadhog was giga broken. And then they come back season three, Roadhog is dumpster. But they're still sitting in plat, and they have no fucking clue how to play any other tank. And they're just like, oh, I'm Roadhog still, but they're not getting any value, so they're bad. That problem only arises because they haven't been playing. And if they play, anyone who plays, theoretically, although we know the matchmaker's a bit of a shit show, but theoretically, anyone who plays is reaching the rank they should do, right? The more you play, the more you should reach where you're supposed to. So if people play a minimum, whatever you decide is the right, fair number of minimum game season, I think they've earned the chance to go into the next season and say, I played, I played enough. This isn't a fake rank. I was there. And yes, you will make changes to the matchmaking. Yes, you will, you know, make a big balance patch from season one to season two. But again, if they play in season two and they play the minimum, then their rank should accordingly adjust. If they don't, then you drop them the next season. So like you achieve what you want to achieve with the reset without pissing people off who've actually spent an entire season climbing to a certain rank and then have that yoinked away from them and then they can't see it for like 20 games anyways. You know, like what is the realistic expectation to have to play 21 games? Let's say to, to, to win 21 games just to get back to where you were and which is where you always were all the time anyways. It just didn't show you. Like your MMR was always there all the time anyways but you just had to win 21 games which you might take two months to do just to get back to where you were. So it's like... It's really hard, too, to elaborate. Just on my experience, and I think why it was so tough the first day. I, uh... I, so I finished rank 7 combined this season. Every single one of my games at Masters 3 was out lobbies. And oh my god, dude. When I tell you... I, like, I had to do the Lord's work as a worse player than that, because I told you guys where I think I belong as a player. Like, I, I peaked at, like, the middle of the pack contenders level, I think. Like, around there, right? So when I'm going up against Hawk, Sugarfree, Lethal, Cyrus, every game, to, and I have to, like, I'm, like, with, with, like, Aspen, everybody, who's, like, all very good players, and I'm just, like, dude, like, it's, when, to add on the flats about, like, finally when those meet, like, I have to lose, like, quite a bit until I get to those GM2 lobbies, and then I can start frying. But, like, every single season of those 3,900 resets, and even now because the MMR is still, like, the same, it's just me getting floored by the players who are just definitely better than me. And it's not, like, that's not, like, there's no point. Like, there's no progression there. It's just, it's almost arbitrary, right? So it's, like, it's almost a double-edged sword. So that's, that's kind of why I said I was, like, look, I, I think Heart's in the right place, but let's execute a little bit differently next time because I'm okay with more different types of resets, like Flat said, if it's an actual reset and not, like, a a fake one like it's a different conversation to be had but like 
at least at the high <laughs> you level. You reset player. the reward, but not the difficulty. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And, and imagine how good Sam is, right? Like, like I've watched Sam play so much, man. Old and and you were really good at this game, okay? And he's like, man, there's a tier above me, right? Again, I know it's hard sometimes to hear these streamers talk about these things. Like, oh, it's just GM. Again, the 39 problem, it came to your house. Okay, <laughs> it came through the night like an evil serial killer. This same thing is the same thing that uh, the the diamond player is experiencing because they too have a mechanical peak where they're like, man, I can't do it. And I, I feel it too. I don't play hit scan. You know, <laughs> luckily Junkrat is like Loki busted. Hey, and I try to tell you, I try to tell everybody. You're that right. you, but you're anyway, right. uh, <laughs> I admit you were right. Jay Silly is a menace in Overwatch 2. And I'm, I'm glad. I love Between the lights. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> But um, I feel it too, right? There's a, we all, we've all got our ceilings, you know? And the, the, the ride to go there has to be thought of while we're talking about the progression. It's like, well, your progr the progression is supposed to feel good going up. It's not supposed to feel like you're burdened going up a hill or like the Sisyphus. What's that called? The, the guy Sisyphus. with the boulder up Sisyphus. the hill. There you go. Thank you. That guy. That's what you're making it into. It's like, oh, look at all the progression. Think of how good you'll feel after you put the world up on your shoulders. It's like, yeah, this feels great. Oh, God. Weeks of this. Like the, the pain you're causing in order to to create that is is the issue. And well, I don't know. Um, I I look forward to um, you know, they teased already in the back. And I, I don't know when we're going to get conversations about this again, different subject, but like I've been wanting tournaments in this game for so long, you know, and I'd feel like maybe we wouldn't need to expect rank to be this like complicated thing that has to be the be all end all. Like I've been, I've, I've abandoned this discussion many times. Okay. With rank, where I'm just like, yeah, now nah, quick plays just fine. <laughs> like just, just play that. And, and more people every, every year, it feels like I get more creators on my side with this opinion. Um, but if they had like exclusive tournaments that were like special, that were the the higher peak that we're talking about, I, I look forward to that. But I, that sounds like a year two thing down the line. And for now, uh, all we've got is the um, ranked reset, unfortunately. Stacking. So I just want to quickly again uh, chime in from what Gavin said. Saying, you said it this time. Wait a minute. <laughs> I've asked um, for long the no, really I know, but tough... I'm the only one who says it apparently. I just keep bringing it up. Nobody, nobody listens to me, though. So No, no, I want to get Flats' opinion as well. I just want to quickly let Gavin have his piece, which is that he says, the really tough thing about this design is that most players don't genuinely change in skill quickly or often. That makes their average season feel really bad holistically because they correctly feel like they didn't improve, which is a fair point. You know, like, you want the players to feel like they're improving, but most players aren't. So I guess you're kind of faking a, a sense of progression for them where they're like, I am getting True, better, even if they're actually not. But you can't not. magically make everyone better at the same time. And again, r big props to Gavin. I've never I've never seen a game dev in like ever, like come out and be talking and stuff. So shout out to you, dude. You're you're a real one. Um, but I, the one thing I would I would say is sometimes it, the best thing to do is to not sugarcoat it for players and just be like, look, you might not improve, but like the transparency I think can come to be it because there's no perfect solution. I think that's what everyone here. And even like listening has to understand like there's no way to make it perfect. I think the cold hard truth about rank. This is what I tell like people all the time. They're like, you know, Sam, like how do you climb on ladder? Like what do you do? I'm like, look, it's not all sunshines and daisies. What the important thing that you can take home is is taking those negative energy and like everything that makes you mad. Like it's like that, that tilts you because let's be real, rank is tilting. I mean, I mean right? I'm but tilted? What? I, yeah, Dude, I don't, that's, I don't know how Emong does it. That dude's a saint. Like, I, I don't he's, understand. He's just built, built different. different. Built, built different. different. Built Wired different. different. Uh, one in a billion human being right there. I have an um, idea. What? Going, though. Sorry. Uh, no, you're, you're good. Yeah. Well, well, you said there's not a way. I think, if I recall correctly, Valorant 
does show your MMR and your vanity number. Like with a simple name change, does this just change? Like it's just like you call it skill rating, but it's a vanity number. So that's misleading. You see that, right? Because you're like, here's the rank you have. It's just like Overwatch 1. But actually now it's just an empty rank. And blah, 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 blah. It's like, we'll just call it something else. Yeah. Like, like if it's a if it's a medal that you're trying to earn, right? Like, because then that changes the perception. Like the uh in Overwatch 1, we had the portraits, and that we everyone understood what that was. It was it wasn't you play more, now you're better. It's just you play more and you earn something. So if it's more about that progression, well then stop with the you know, cloak and dagger, smoke and mirrors thing where people think it's the MMR, but it's not like I, I, I get the delayed gratification aspect of this. I really, I sign up for that. I think that's fine personally. I, I, it's because it makes me play more like all the arguments he's saying. Um, I think I accurately, um, put in my own video on the subject here, here, I guess I'm giving my, uh, uh angry opinion after that, reading everyone's replies about it. Um, I get all that logic. It's just like people can't come to terms with the the trick you're playing. And it's sort of like, well, we're playing a trick, but we're telling you, so you should be okay with it. But it's like, not everybody understands, basically. It's just it's just poor communication to the average player. And why should they have? Because they want to use something to determine what's going on. And you give them a thing that's inherently fake. <laughs> and then say, trust us. <laughs> and there's just no point to this. And, and I think I'd have to look this up again, how Valorant does it. But because it makes both numbers public and you sort of work to earn the leader. It's, it's sort of like this. It's like a leaderboard ranking versus your MMR. Your MMR is a thing that is based on your skill, but your leaderboard ranking resets and blah, blah, blah. And, and we might have soft resets to the, uh, I can't remember if Valorant does soft resets or not to the um, MMR, but th that might help. Uh, I think that, that might be what's required um, for a way to know what those numbers are and also to make them more clear. Kevin says, we're definitely hearing the feedback that players want more truths. Emong is adamantium, I think. <laughs> oh, is he a Marvel fan? Yeah. I love the old Wolverine comics. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sorry, yeah, again, I, I think, I think it, is, it is a complicated topic. It is difficult because obviously games around the world have struggled with trying to find a way that it doesn't upset someone or the other, right? Again, like... I mean, somebody's always going to be upset. You know, it's can't... Can, again, I... I always tell my people, I say, listen, like, learn how to under, like, accept your own faults for where they are, but also accept you can't control the big picture and, like, power through it, focus on what you can, and improve on your own right. That's all you can do. Flash, you have anything to say on this before we move to a different topic? Unranked? Yeah, just, like, ranked. This is a competitive system. Oops, you said you're not enjoying ranked. You don't even playing ranked. I don't even want to play, to be honest. I really don't. You could, stack, you could get games faster, by the way. Oh, we do. We did stack. We went. We five stacked the other day. We went zero and three. Like, <laughs> we did. Like, well, wait. What rank? We were like. So Seagull played tank. Uh, I played support with uh, Ruben, and then no. Yeah, we're with Ruben, and then our DPS were Emong and Karki went zero and three. Like we literally got shit stomped. And it's like, well, first off, Seagull didn't want to run Hog, which is like the big thing, right? Like, I, which I don't mind. I don't give a shit. Like he tried Zarya. He ran Diva. Seagull Diva. Like, I dude, remember. like when he pulls out the diva, he's getting serious. Yes. <laughs> he was still struggling. Like we were all struggling a little bit, but it's like, dude, like I, I, I'm still like mind blown about half the shit that like we've been told over the last few years. And it's like, I, I, I actually just don't get it. I genuinely just don't fucking get it anymore. And I know things are complicated, but I feel like some things aren't complicated. Like if we're going to be more casual with the game, 
why can't I play with my friends? Because I'm good at the game. I can't play with my friends. That's that's just fucking stupid. Then we're handheld like, oh, no, no, no. We can't tell you you're not good at the game. It's like, okay, but like, but like, I also don't know where I am. And I don't know who my, I don't know what my teammates are. And I don't even know what I'm playing. And I and ever and I'm getting one shot every 10 seconds. Like, and and instead now, instead of Sojourn just holding the railgun and waiting for one taps, she just farms it on me the entire time. So the tank experience is even less fun. Like, actually, I'm kind of glad that tank's becoming less fun because the queue times are going fucking down and I get to kind of play it again. True. Like, dude, it's 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 just like this never-ending problem. And, and never mind, I, I don't even want to go that deep on that because like I genuinely have never had less fun playing tank than i am now like i i would actually compare it to end of overwatch one double shield before everyone stopped caring and like just ran whatever you know like like six months before like like let's say a few months before the first beta when everyone was still like hard double shield hard double shield then eventually everyone just gave up and just started playing whatever for like the last six months that little period where everyone still ran double shield and cared about winning their their season 27 uh double shield ranked games like that is very comparable to how it feels now because of the counterpicking system. And SVB said it perfectly. If you win first fight, if I play first fight perfectly, well, let's say Winston, I hear fucking Roadhog's coming out of spawn. Here he comes. <laughs> and then if I if if I play Doomfist, I played Doomfist recently, and I actually agree with you, Sam. I actually think Doomfist is actually pretty good against Hog because what you told me, and you taught me a lot of that stuff. And I was doing that, like you know, like in out, in out, in out. And I was never getting hooked. And then I hear, here comes the horse. I hear it coming. I won the first fight. It's coming. I hear it now, and it's like, I, I, it doesn't matter. I'm ahead in old charge. I lost now, and it's like I'm eighty percent to Doomfist alt. If I go swap. Well, like, like, what's that gonna do? I could go swap Hog, I guess, sure. But like, Arista is actually pretty decent against Hog. But it's like, it's, it's just there's no winning. There is no winning anywhere. And never mind I, playing against like the supports is sometimes a little bit kind of infuriating because Kiriko has the, the TP every six seconds and cleanse. So if I get there, which rare, if I get to a Kiriko, cleanses herself the two seconds, like one and a half seconds of cleanse, and then yeah, I go, boop. It's just like, where, where the fuck she go? But I understand <laughs> that, like, I understand it's needed because support's basically getting hunted down, and it's playing Dead by Daylight this season, basically. But at the same time, though, like, I understand the tank got a roll, got a bunch of new stuff, but it ain't fun. I, I, dude, it's fun for the other 98% of people, Masters and below, they can play Junker Queen. Yeah, they say Junker Queen's bad, but, like, Fuck, they play Reinhardt and they think it's good. I, I played a quick play game before this where Emong was playing Ramatra and he's doing like basically the block only challenge. They walked out on Reinhardt. <laughs> I actually deleted him and their Reinhardt goes, holy fucking shit, this character's terrible and swapped Roadhog. I can send you the clip. It is funny as shit. This poor bastard in a regular quick play game went, this character's unplayable. And then I got him six games later and he was still playing Roadhog. He was still playing Roadhog. Because he was done. He just was tilted. He was, that was it. He's going to play Roadhog for the rest of the day now. That guy, that was an honorable Reinhardt player who now plays Roadhog because we ruined his day by playing, Another by playing one gone. Zen Another brother and lost. Ramatra and, sitting and playing there. And I just put a Discord orb on him and then he walks out there and just, just blocked for eight seconds. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell y'all. I actually don't have an answer. I know it's complex, but I genuinely think like we're so fucked at this point that like we need radical change and I don't care what direction it goes in. I'm done. Well, that's the problem. problem Go solve. ahead. Well, I was gonna say that's the problem. It always defaults to the boat to the most dumb shit because it, it has to default to the tank that gets countered the least. 
right? And that's the that's the that's the dumbest part about it is that it doesn't create anything better than just okay. Well, I guess this guy won't get hard countered by the other guys, so I, I guess I'll just play him then, right? And it's like, is that what you want? You just want to pick people to pick the tank that gets countered the least by the other tanks or the other picks? Like that's lame. Also, it's what Overwatch meta has been for years. I know, and that's the thing. It's like that was Overwatch. That was the whole reason people picked tanks in Overwatch One at the highest level. They were like, "Well, I guess double shield dies the least to different things." So it's like, is this what you want the the dominant cause of your game's picks to be? To be like, I guess he's the worst, the the best worst, right? Like, come on, <laughs> come on now, right? Also, I want to add that I'm sure Flats is having to deal with this. Like, the, the fuck, I, this is a very streamer problem, but streamer mode. Where it's like, I'm sure Flats has to do with oh, it yeah, as well. It's, like, it's starting to get kind of bad, actually. I won't even But lie. Like, again, anecdotally, I, so I, pl I spent like most of Season 1, I was playing a lot of tank. I spent most of Season 1 stuck between like Diamond 1 and Master 5. And like in the last week, or like last week and half of the season, I was like, fuck this shit, I'm tired of this. I switched, my, I changed the name of my main account. In three days, I climbed to Master 1. Literally three sittings, like three sessions, I climbed to Master Like I climbed five skill tier divisions just changing my name just changing the name of my account and then it got and then i got to the point where i was 15 minute queue times in eu tank and i was like fuck this shit i'm not i'm not spending four hours to get three games in so like i just stopped 15 but it's minute like queues for seven minute games yeah legit it's just like that that was well, all it was today it was i'm mm -hmm. like that's 15 right. minute queue to watch that's some fuck 15 minute queue to watch some fucker pick roadhog and just hook my teammates <laughs> were like why can't you protect me, Sigma? And I'm like, I got one shield, dude. Sit behind it or die. What do you want me to do? I don't know. Dude, I'm, He's I'm fucking getting so running good around. at balloons, dude. I'm getting so good at balloons. Uh, wait, are you going at balloons? TD6? Is oh, it, yeah, I did. I, my stream is half balloons when I play ranked now. That's why I haven't been playing ranked. It's people are like, holy shit, you're playing Overwatch now. I'm like, yeah. I was this entire time. I've just I, I seriously yeah. think stacking, like bringing stacking back, would save so much of high level ranked. It would save so much of it. I genuinely believe that because you can't like you can't tell me that flats you wouldn't be able to play with like Jay or Emong all day. You put Emong on the Ana, right? He'll probably try to make it work, you know. <laughs> you know, but you. He's can't got the tell GPS me. build. Yeah, he's he's got it built. It's like that that would help Q times a lot, and more and more people would stack. Like I'd stack. I'd get in there with B Beaver, and I've been running some games. You know, he'll bust out the Voodoo Rangers, have a good day. You know, and it's just it's just oh god, I just I want the heat back. I want the heat. It sounds so silly, but uh, just I'm uh, don't get me started. Feels lifeless a little. I'm it not does. fired up for no reason. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add in this kind of? It's coming. General I feel, I feel area. it bubbling. Sound. I'm gonna push you over the edge in like two minutes. Flats is poking. It's like I've been, I want, I've I want been it. so good. I've been I want so it. good. I'm gonna pull it out of him. Uh, even you guys have been popping off, and I just listen. I have. I've had sounds a very been good, deep man. Where is the fire, good. Sam? What happened it's, to you? It's, 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 <laughs> you used to be better you, than this. You chicken. You chickens. I got, hey, listen. I took the brunt of the heat. It was called toxic. All this stuff for saying all the stuff that everyone is saying nowadays, and I got dogged on it for years, and now I'm just sitting back and just trendsetter. I'm just. I'm just enjoying it, dude. I'm just. I'm just. Hey, this is all you guys now. I'm old and retired. What can I say? See, this uh, is the arc. This is like, when we needed we just him become... most, he vanished. <laughs> <laughs> the Avatar. A hundred years have passed we'll, we'll, since we'll then, see. and some legends will say Samito will come back. I still believe. We'll I mean, this is our arc. <laughs> we're just we're going to become uh, jaded, and then there's a new set of creators who will be hey, like, listen, there's still hope. When, when, 
when my when my nail sticks out, it gets hammered down real quick. You guys can get away with more than I can. So I'm just kind of enjoying the zen of it all and just enjoying my Bengals Bud Light and watching us go to another Super Bowl. That's all I'm saying. It's well, happening. Sounds like a good time. E e Echo Flex says, tell Flats he should start a movement where he gets Ryan's win rate to 40% since he buff him. Throw for Flats. Throw for Flats. Uh, oh, God. People, already, people already want to throw my games because like, oh, Flats on my team. I'm like, dude, like, I didn't even do anything. I haven't even picked a character yet. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> Right, anything else on this system before we uh, we move on? Because I know you know Frida, you had a time limit, so just want to make sure we we uh, stick to it as much as we can. What other topics we got? So you guys tell me if you got enough time for this. There's the whole FTC uh, trying to block the oh. Microsoft takeover, which I'm curious if you guys have any opinions on. It's not gonna happen. It, it'll go through. And, and I don't know if you guys saw this week a lot of the stuff that they've been saying, um, and a lot of analysts on Wall Street have been saying too. But basically, like. I'm not sure if you've seen the comments about from from Microsoft on the commitment to keep Call of Duty on PSN and even Nintendo. So they're basically it's just a big push and pull, and like to try to make it look like it's not a monopoly. Which either way, I still don't think it would be technically. Like if you if you were to ask gamers, they'd all say no. But the question is, what are the, what are the people in government going to say? That you never know with these people, right? Um, but the big reason that they're co so committed to keeping Call of Duty and other multiplayers, the the soon including Overwatch too, actually on like PSN and on Nintendo is to help further the argument of, hey, like, no, it's not a monopoly. Like our products are going to be available for everybody else. I, I think it's it's a long shot that it gets shut down, uh, be mostly because I like things like Tencent and it, granted that's that's China, which is another ballpark, but um considering companies like Tencent and a bunch of others um have so much stake in, in Riot and all these other companies. So if you were to look at like the gaming industry as a whole and who owns what Yes, it's the big acquisition, specifically in the multiplayer space, but I, I don't see a reason for it to be shut down. I think it's all smoke and mirrors with people trying to act tough. Mm -hmm. well, there's been a bit of musical chairs with Flats' camera turning off, so we'll switch positions now. But So to summarize again, for those who are perhaps not in the loop, uh, the FTC, the governing body in the in the U.S. of, of the, these kind of things, the monopolies, which is basically when one company or organization has such a dominant hold on an industry that it, it becomes anti-competitive which is a, a, a term we've been ranting a lot about anyways, but like basically meaning that they, they can they can do unfair practices, create like a monopoly so that they can dictate market price or just products and stuff like that. So the FTC are trying to block the Activision Microsoft merger, claiming that it's uh, anti-competitive. Uh, Sony have been really against this. I think Sony have been the primary pusher because recently... They lose, they lose the war. Yeah, they, it's over. They lose the most. So Microsoft uh, has offered, I believe, recently agreed a deal with both Nintendo uh, and Steam to make sure that, to commit to having Call of Duty on both those platforms for the next 10 years. Uh, and the FTC is suing to block the merger, but from what I understand, it's a lot of posturing uh, and it's it's an attempt to get concessions from Microsoft, basically, to, or, to uh, guarantee that they'll continue to put out Activision games on other platforms such as, you know, such as Sony platforms, basically. Um, my yeah, my comment would be, uh, sorry if you're done. No, no, yeah, I'm done, I'm done. I was going to ask you. Um, the way it affects our game, I, I would say go two different ways. One, I don't think even if they are bought that we will ever see Overwatch be one platform. That would be quite a mistake for any multiplayer game. So I don't see that happening. I, I do think they would would want it on multiple platforms, COD and Overwatch, because they're intimately aware of having a multiplayer game only on their platforms, and that doesn't work so well. But on top of that, the thing that I, I think we were mostly excited about is the management structure difference of Microsoft being at the helm, and maybe if that would have ripple effects down the line, 
Blizzard in general because of the way that they have sort of tender loving care for beloved IPs that Blizzard used to have, but has slowly became more Activision in nature in terms of um, really milking a franchise. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that happens. Because like with Age of Empires, for example, um, Microsoft is very kind to, and when they said they were going to buy Blizzard, they put like StarCraft as one of the games, which everyone forgets is a thing that Blizzard used to do and was like a pioneering thing about like your um, them. Yes, a uh, big fan. Um, I would be interested in the ripple effects for all their IP, including Overwatch 2, in the, like, let's say, year after that, like, starts. So we saw a sea change with Jeff leaving. We didn't know it was happening necessarily, but retroactively, we can look back and say, well, this is when all the gears changed, when there was new decisions being made, and this is the result. So I think a similar thing might happen potentially a little bit with, with some things. I, I don't know if it's big or small, um, what to expect, but a similar thing might happen with um, Microsoft taking over. Yeah, because we were obviously, you know, when the news came in, we had a podcast, uh, I think immediately, and, you know, there was quite a lot of optimism. That was back in the dark Overwatch 1 days when we weren't sure what was going to happen with Overwatch 2. But yeah, I mean, do you have any gut instinct flats about like, because well, because from from I, I, I'm no expert. I, I've tried to read around the subject and see what people who are in the know say, and they say it's probably still going to go through. Um, and you know, maybe with some concessions from Microsoft side, it, it'll go through. But do you have any kind of gut instinct on what it might do for the game for for Overwatch to have Microsoft be up top? I mean, not really. I'm honestly not that educated on the topic. I try mm -hmm. not to go in depth about things I'm really not educated about. Um, my only take would be like. If it does still go through, I actually don't think Overwatch like is like affected at all. The only thing I would think could happen is like Overwatch will never die again. Um, but I think Overwatch Two has already proved that it will probably never die again as a game, uh, as long as the content flow is constantly happening. Because Overwatch is hard carried by like their art design, their skins, their their character design, like the the actual getting to the feel of playing the game. Um, you know, not all the time, but like you know, in small doses, will always be. Uh, one of the best so i don't think honestly the microsoft thing would affect it that much so i'm not really that educated on it i mean you know hopefully if it goes through that's good stuff for us but if it doesn't go through um what would happen is does that all of a sudden mean that like bad things happen to us is that like or is it like not going to change anything who knows I, I if it doesn't go through hopefully bad things don't happen hopefully if it goes through hopefully good shit happens that's all i really got Sam, I just want last word from you because I know you you follow these things quite closely, from what I understand. Well, it's just it's just been so funny to watch it unfold. Just for brief, like big picture talk, they'll keep it very brief. Basically, the main reason that you saw Microsoft go out and acquire all of these companies is because in the original cycle of console back in the day, 360 versus PS3, I think each unit sold about oh was it 70 million each? It was within. Bottom line is they were around like 70 million ballpark units sold. And it was within a 1 million of each other between the PS3 sales and the PS and the Xbox 360 sales. And then the next cycle, Sony, just great business decision, realized, hey, people will buy consoles for exclusive games. They came out with God of War exclusive, Spider-Man PS4, one of the best superhero game I've ever played. Uh, the Last of Us, the list goes on. They nailed the exclusives while Xbox fell off big time, selling only 45 million units. And the PS4 sold 110 million units worldwide. 
Microsoft then realized this, and with the next set of consoles which came out, which the PS5 and the Xbox One said, we need exclusives, which is why they threw the money at Bethesda for like $8 billion. And now to checkmate them because Microsoft owns Windows, which is, means that all their games, we're all on Windows, I assume. Most people are on Windows. So they, they control the PC gaming market. And now if they buy Activision Blizzard, they'll have the, one of the biggest, if not the biggest stake in multiplayer games alone. They realized they couldn't compete in the streaming market with Mixer, shut it down, let Ninja walk away with $30 million, And now they're saying, we want to dominate the gaming ecosystem as a whole. So if this acquisition goes through, they will control the entire, almost cloud space of multiplayer, have the best titles for with um, obviously Elder Scrolls Six coming out with Bethesda, the Fallout series, right? So they want to control like the, almost the entire ecosystem with with Game Pass and many other things. So that's kind of their approach. They realize they couldn't compete in the streaming. So Sony is like, Sony's done. If this goes through, like they can't, they'll never win again. And that's why I think they're so against it because they recognize, okay, this is a lot. And that's where the big debate's going to come in is like, can you actually enter the space still? Which I think you can. It's just Microsoft threw all their money at all the big players to get them into their court. And I doubt the multiplayers go exclusive because they stand to make more money from the multiplayers. But it, I mean, if you look at the Bethesda titles, I, I would not be optimistic if you are a, a PlayStation fan about those staying non-exclusive or at least on a very delayed release. But that's the big picture. And that's why you're seeing all these big acquisitions come in in this day and age because they got smoked in the previous console war. Makes sense. Thank you very much. It's a very uh, succinct and informed opinion, Sam. Thank you for that. That's that's why I wanted to ask because I had a feeling that you might be able to provide some insight that maybe me and others listening who aren't so in depth would would get from it. So thank you. Uh, on a on an interestingly similar platform again, I'm just going to take this off quickly because I I, I want to conclude soon. Um, but speaking of different platforms, we have Amosys now uh, enabled in crossplay, and for those who are listening, I'm actually going to conduct. A crossplay challenge. I did this once before in Overwatch One, but that's when there wasn't aim assist. And basically, what it was was I put console players against PC players of the same rank. I'm gonna do that again. They got smoked basically the first time around. The console players got smoked uh, because they didn't have aim assist. We're gonna do that again on January the first. So if you right now in my chat, if you type exclamation mark crossplay, you can sign up for that because I'm curious myself how console players will stack up against PC players now that they have aim assist. But Sam, I know you have very strong opinions uh, on aim assist in competitive shooters. So uh, any, any sort of gut instinct on, on, on the, on the decision. I'll keep it brief. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to turn out. Cause I think overwatch is a game that's so much about learning and game knowledge and with different patches. I, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure console still operates on a different patch than PC, like with small changes, like to Torb's turret. No, and, I think they, they mirror that. Did they now, change they? that back to the normal? And is the default movement speed on console still slightly slower too than it is on PC? Because I know that used to be a thing too. Like where you literally like, I think movement speed of characters was slightly slower. I'm, uh, maybe I'm wrong. E either way, if, if that's true, I, I think it takes time to adapt to the P the tempo of the game on PC. I'm not a big game, a fan of aim assist whatsoever. I don't think cross input play is feasible with aim assist. Because no matter what, no one's going to be pleased. I value game integrity more than anything else. So for me, I don't like it. Um, but if they see more people willing to play with their friends in quick play and that they think that's more beneficial to lead more sales. I see why the company would do it. I just don't particularly like the decision, so. Fair. Flats, uh, Flats or Frito, you guys, again, this is where someone, in some older console players are like, I wish you had a fucking console creator on there. These guys don't know what they're talking about. I, I played console, for like, I was a, I was a console <laughs> siege professional. Like, I, I played console for years. Like, uh -huh. I was literally there. Uh, and Siege, <laughs> by the way, is one of those games that does not have aim assist. And the reason our entire pro scene got shut down is because people started cheating and there was no way to catch them. 
So the number one team that was actually like completely undefeated the entire year went to land the third biggest tournament before the Invitational at the end of the year, the big one, the first ever, uh, went to land and got destroyed by EU, who they had been smoking every day, every week. Like they, when they scrimmed any NA team that were somewhat comparable, got literally 5 0'd. Uh, they got destroyed because uh, it was their first time playing on controllers in like four months. Um, point being, though, I'm not, I I don't like aim assist either on PC. Uh, I don't like the. It's just it's too hard to tell. Aim assist is literally a legal cheat. Um, it, although it is needed to balance the two, but if we're talking about competitive integrity and we're talking about actual one to one thing, it shouldn't. Controller can just not ever compete with a mouse keyboard. It can't happen. Without the aim assist, it doesn't work, and there's a reason for that because it's an inferior product it's has it has better things like movement like it's why it's good for racing games and driving games and stuff like that that is where a controller is better for the casual gamer absolutely but in a competitive environment absolutely not so as long as the line has been drawn in the sand that it will never touch competitive w change if we start to go down the route though in six or seven months or a year from now and then it starts to go why can't i play comp like why not like that's when we get dangerous. And I, I'm worried that we now, because Overwatch team was very, 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 very strict about no aim assist. And now that there's a crack in the dam and we let a little bit out, it's like, how long until we open the floodgates? If we over open the floodgates, we're fucked. Oh, I'll go nuclear. Long, huh? I will go. You want to see me go nuclear? I will go nuclear if that ever happens. Oh, all right, I'm writing that down. But <laughs> yeah, I, I as long as, as the line is drawn in the sand that it's quick play and arcade and custom games only. We're chilling. Second it touches comp, we're done. Agreed with the last two uh, bits there. I think the one thing to add, I think because there's crossplay, then that would mean that they have to be on the same patch, right? Because otherwise you'd have two different yeah, builds on most right. of the game. Okay, got it. Yep, that's all I had to add. Um, but yeah, for casuals... I can see it. I uh I do play on the PS5 a little bit, and I aim to play more on it. Um, maybe when like PVE comes out next year. So I I really like the console experience for Overwatch for a lot of reasons because it slows the game down, and then it, it allows you to be a little bit more tactical. Actually, when you can't just like trace or blink in 180 with a mouse, that's physically impossible with a, a controller, even at the highest settings, pretty much. And so it's like it's it's sort of interesting the way it it makes the game function differently. Um, aim assist is a massive crutch, and I think it like blinds people. Like there's a lot of console players that like will watch content and they're like, "Oh, your aim's really bad," um, <laughs> or something. But they don't realize that like their aim is always soft tracking. Like they don't know what tracking is or cross replacement is re really because it's always soft doing it. And it's interesting to watch their vods because so much of the aim is done for them with aim assist but anyway um because in overwatch the point is a soldier in ad strafing you like this on, on a mouse th th this is ridiculous because you're it, it, like to track it perfectly is like duh, 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 duh. whereas well, on a controller you literally can dead zone and it will kind of track for you that's the that's the point and um with aim assist or at least a little bit of sticky aim and that minute movement uh, difference, you just don't really understand if you only play console and you never go to PC and realize normal shots are so much harder on PC because there's nothing to stick. You, you have to just see it <laughs> and react. Uh, sorry, that's my little rant about controller versus mouse. What are you going to say, Flats? Just really quick, actually. Uh, Siege was actually, because it had no aim assist, was actually the game where mouse and keyboard not only had the aim advantage with the movement, movement advantage as well, um, because P Jiggle Peak aiming is very, very important. Um, because, like, 
you know, like peeking out windows, like as a defensive operator, like, you know, you were looking for picks on as they were walking in. And that meta developed like crazy over the years. And it's like way stronger and like different now than it used to be. But basically there was a whole meta for a long time where you'd have a bunch of, you know, holes and windows around the houses and you'd run around like just like peek them really fast or, you know, whatever, just trying to like look for a quick pick, um, an entry frag or, or an entry like denial. And so what mouse and keyboard actually does with your AD80 strafe is you can very quickly like peek doorways. You can very quickly peek windows. Uh, while on a controller, you have to actually go to the left and then cross the center plane to go to the opposite way. Um, so on mouse and keyboard against controllers with no aim assist, not only did they have superior aim to you and, and better crosshair placement, they actually had better movement because the jiggle peaks were actually much harder to hit. And they would also have ping advantage because I, once they, they made the first move, it was so fast. It was so like, like there were like, they could do, they could do one peak and you didn't see it. Like it was like, wait, what? Like they just peeked out like for half a second, but they knew where you are now. And by the time they came back out, it wasn't long enough for you to be able to shoot them. And so, you know, that's another place where like controller, uh, like you almost don't understand like what these like small intricacies are between like movement, like because movement is important on a controller, but not nearly as important as it is in mouse and keyboard. Apex is a great example when Apex fights about controller versus mouse and keyboard, and they all go, "Well, you have your whole arm to aim, and you know you have legal aimbot, you know, like that whole thing." What is one of the things the console players are always say, or that controller players is to say the Apex players have crazy movement abilities and they have crazy movement techs because they have like you can have um, mouse or uh, jump and mouse R and W bound to a mouse wheel. So what you can do is you can like rock it back once, like one tick to jump, and then scroll it forward for W keys. And the way it would work is you can tap strafe, so you can like basically ninety degree turn while you're sliding. On a controller, it, you basically can't do that. You don't have like the, you can't just like flick your stick up and down like a million times. Like you only do it on the mouse and keyboard. So their argument is you have way better movement than they do. Like that's how they approach it. But it's like the reason they have so much better movement is is just because like the way the, the 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 keyboard and mouse is set up. That's why controller and keyboard and mouse can't be compared. They will never be equal, and they have to be separated in a competitive controlled environment. Otherwise, one takes over the other, and it's not fair. These are awesome points. One thing I'll add to that, too, just another example, is the look speed is, this, is the same thing. Just physically being able to, because on the mouse, you can go like this, whereas uh, on a controller, even at max sensitivity, maybe like your speed is like kind of constant, no, no matter what setting you do. Whereas you, you can do you know 180s to turn around and, and you know, like I said, tracer 180 and whatnot. So all those things combined, it's like, yeah, mouse and keyboard has a higher ceiling. Uh, the floor is more approachable on a controller, though, which makes it kind of nice because you can kind of, um, in Overwatch especially, um, fit in a little bit. And it's just like people don't pop off as hard because there's more of a baseline to the game. So the casual experience is kind of interesting to its how streamlined the gameplay feels as opposed to Overwatch where the ceiling's so high, it's like like the things that Sojourn can do <laughs> on PC is, is totally different to what you'd expect on console where looking up to shoot a Farah is like an impossibility for some, <laughs> for a lot of the, the player base on console. Meanwhile, uh, you know, uh, my man, um, Sam Mito getting flicked out of the sky as echo nowadays, but, <laughs> uh, sorry <laughs> to end the, the trauma, podcast the trauma. such a, a grimace. <laughs> Maybe you should try playing console, Sam. <laughs> Maybe. No, I mean, Break one combined console. Very valuable. Thank you guys for your for your takes on those. And again, I, I'll be curious myself to see how they do stack up because there's that ever debate of like, 
what your console rank translates to your PC rank. Like, you know, people will be like, oh, it's, you know, one rank down or whatever. But we'll see. Anyway, I'll, I'll have my fun with that. Um, okay, so quickly, 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 I'm just going to try and rattle off maybe one or two chat questions that, again, there's a specific Discord channel for it, so you can head on down and ask your questions. Uh, so what can be done, do you think, to diversify the metas more consistently over the seasons? Obviously, we spoke about the, the ban system, the draft system. Uh, anything else other than just frequent patching? Big support changes. Do you want to elaborate? Supports, are the most med supports have defined the most metas in Overwatch history. I think that the big reason why I was upset with this patch, personally, again, the best way I put it is like, I, I don't think this patch, what was in it was really bad bad necessarily like, there were some things where i kind of disagreed with sure but what was really what, what, what the problem was what, what, what it lacked right like anna still so easy to get dove sleep at 14 seconds is not a competitive ability in this tempo of the game i think honestly moira and brig and, and they actually did say they were looking to redo brig's ult which i think is great this is something i've been asking for since the hero was released and we were playing her in goats so i think Really, what I really, really hope to see from the devs is is some major, major eyesight and, and looks at at the support role and seeing what they can do differently to help up the tempo without it being corny. Uh huh. Any any of the inputs from Flats or Frito? Uh, the support issue is always controversial to me because um, it the thing is it's like if you're a Lucio player in Overwatch One. You went from like being one of the most meta-defining characters ever to the worst ranked character, <laughs> unless you're some like maniac that can just boot people off the map. So um, that being such a core hero to my pool um, skewed both my SR and now also to the other direction where Lucio's a god in Overwatch 2. <laughs> and so when people talk about not having agency and the role being weak, and I'm like, I don't know, learn Lucio and Kiriko, and and I just have a different opinion. Like if you, if you're expecting these really punishable support heroes to like work all the time and be and live in a safety blanket like you did in um overwatch one um I, i'm not really sure what to say like like i think there's, there's still a learning curve on understanding how to set certain things up and position the team um the thing i'm worried about with the support role the most is that like it catches the l's that main tank used to in overwatch one where the positioning of your team has a ripple effect on how punishable you are and I don't know how they fix that because also on top of that, it's not like support players know how to position that well themselves. I don't know how many VODs I've seen. I'm curious what SV has to say, but like you can watch a whole support VOD of a meta rank player who doesn't self heal once. So they just don't have a passive <laughs> the entire game. And I'm like, use cover of forehead. And, and uh, uh, then, then you, you see how strong they are. But then it, it's if there's these shortcuts to the game, I think for metal rank players, it's Moira right now. And then for the top end player, it's Kiriko, who's just Moira, but with interaction and skill <laughs> and better design and a long, long list of other things. Um, yeah, I don't know what they do. Like, like I, I, I'm trying to think. Was it ML who said this? Like, the support needs its Overwatch 2 overhaul. And a lot of people have given their opinions on this. Um, I'm not sure how to do that because I, I, I like the role. And even the heroes people say are, are bad and weak and like, I find cases where I think Ana's good, so um, it's it's tough for me to understand what they should do. Uh, my answer will just continuously be from till the end of time. Now draft mode again. I, I put it to bed, <laughs> and now I'm just like, nope, we're we're too far behind now. Like like they did multiple things to set us behind to the point where we can't catch up. So like prove me wrong, 
because many times I, I've called them out. I said, well, you know, I hated power creep. And then I'm like, just lean into power creep, make it more, <laughs> more <laughs> like I went like that, where it's like, okay, we're so far behind. We must just lean into the bad thing that you said, you, you know, it doesn't exist. And, and it's sort of that way now, again, with like a different set of problems where they want to go this route, kind of be sensible about things, but they're too slow. So it never catches up. So I'm kind of like, um, so know, I wanted the vision they had, Heroes. but it's too let's late. Let's turn into Mr. Heroes. So everyone's solving all the time now. That, that, that's the ultimate peak goal of comp. Let's just make comp tiny overwatch. Yeah, why not? I mean, win? Exactly. I mean, clearly, clearly, if we're just going to go, like, if the power creep, we're going to lean that way. Let's just lean all the way with swapping. Everybody fucking swap after every, you know, after 30 seconds or a minute, it's just, you're here, it's just auto swap. Wherever you are in the game, auto swap. <laughs> Let's go. It's the next April Fool's. Oh, oh. Oh, okay, okay. Sam's, 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 what was he cooking? Um, I, I mean, to, to your point, Frida, I think it's interesting because there's clearly a lot of even, you know, there's no unanimous opinion because we had ML, I had ML on the podcast. He said support needs love. We need support should do things that to the opponent rather than always like doing things to your teammates. He felt that would give them more autonomy. I had Karakyu and Cust on here who said, no, I think supports, you know, we got to be very careful giving supports too many tools because uh, then they just become too strong. I know Sam has had his opinions on, on supports as well. So it, it's very it's it, it it the opinion is out basically, and I think I think I think just speaks to the fact that as well like with Overwatch two it's ironic. I feel like the support the characters you pick bias your opinions probably more than they would have done in Overwatch one almost. Where I felt like you could actually get away with certain stuff more in Overwatch one, but now it's like if you play Lucio Kiriko, you're loving life, and if you're someone who's like a Zenyatta player or something, you're like fuck is this shit. Um, and also to your other point, I think on the positioning. It really depends. I think it depends on which heroes they've been playing. Because I see, like, you can really tell when someone's flexing off of Mercy Mora onto a hero that doesn't have mobility. Because then you're just like, w why are you here? Like, yeah, all the things Flat said about like jiggle peeking and and that stuff. I played tax shooters for a long time. So when I when I play Bap, like Bap's actually probably one of my best heroes. Uh, he's not good now, but um, and I play Ana a bit in order to counter pick things. Like I, I play more heroes than just the meta ones. Um, but I do it with the positioning to maximize the support passive and, and to play it like attack shooter and almost, and I understand people don't want to play that, but it's just sort of like, have you not seen a MOBA game? Like in MOBA games, supports are glass and they've got some big ability and they got to hide in the back while the carries go farm up everything and the supports throw their important ability <laughs> or they get farmed. Like that's the way these games work. And I just, I'm like, I see it, uh, happening in Overwatch 2. And I don't know what they do other than make things forgiving. It's like, well, uh, supports get flanked. Uh, you know what they should do? They should they should add Brig 1.0. And then you'll be happy because then you, you're immune to, to playing the game. And I'm like, well, just play the game. I, I don't know. That, that's, that's how I feel because uh, I get support's kind of nuts in, in my opinion. Like, I, I think people act like there's no agency and I'm just I'm seeing what is possible for them to do. And I just don't understand. Sports, sports are strong. I just want to see some diversity in the role. Sorry. Yeah, I'll just quickly add as well, like, I think, uh, to, to be fair, on the MOBA side, at least, you know, you get, there's like a period, I think the difference with MOBA is you get a period of the game where your character is the strongest, right? So, like, at the start of the game, the support abilities are just, like, the strongest, so they dominate, like, the early fights, and then the longer you go on, the carry is kicking in. So, I guess, like, a support players would say, well, I don't really have that in Overwatch. It's kind of like, always something is the strongest, like, always Sojourn is oh, the strongest. support ults are nuts, man. I don't, I don't know. I hear your point, but... Yeah, anyways... Uh, to be we don't have the answer basically on 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 how to change supports to be to be correct but i think they need experimentation should be done probably is what i say flash you have anything to add and uh, i think the original question about diversifying the meta but sam said is to do it by changing the supports up 
uh, you know, I feel like for a long time I've tried to be objective about like what could be better, what could be worse. I'm gonna go full selfish at this point. I, I'm I'm just gonna be honest. Dang it's not been fun for me. It just hasn't. I haven't enjoyed it almost like at all. Um, actually, you know, it's funny. Yesterday, Seagull was playing Zarya for us, and he was like, "It's so funny. Like I played most of that game like 80, 90 charge, but I couldn't kill anyone that the support started to heal. Like anytime I went on anyone and the supports came over to start healing them, I I, I couldn't kill them no matter what. Weak roll, like, by the way. Even at yeah, even at max charge, and I and I actually I relate to that so hard, and I feel like I like I almost feel like I'm being gaslit by like supports <laughs> and stuff like that. Is like, you know, I understand like there's like DPS that are hunting you down, but but I'm, DPS ain't me, so I'm not I'm not, I don't know. I'm just taking your word for it. Uh, but I, in my own personal experience, uh, basically it's the two tanks sit there, and what happens is one of three things: one, you sit there and you wait for the support player, or sorry. You wait for the DPS player to get a pick. Like you look for the sojourn that's looking for the one tap, uh, you know, random junk rat mines or just killed somebody. You're sitting there and you're basically holding the other tank in check and you sit there and you wait. Number two, one of the supports feels like playing, you know, flank Kiriko and goes around and starts looking for Kunai. She hit one out of seven and you done. <laughs> um, or number three, my favorite, and the only time I get to have any fun is someone's too stupid to walk in front of one of the tanks. And then you just eviscerate them. And it's like, but that's how Overwatch 1 used to be. You know, it's like Overwatch 1 was like, if you walked in front of your tanks, you died. And everyone went, what are you doing, dumbass? But in Overwatch 2, I feel like you're allowed to like get away with it if you have like a mercy pocket or you have like someone like support that's healing you. It's like, tank can't punish you that much. You're like, well, someone's going to help me out with this or otherwise they're not doing anything, which is why Roadhog has taken over because Roadhog's the character that can do that. Like Ryan can't do that. Pin doesn't. Pin isn't even that worth it unless it's pinning another tank. Marissa doesn't really do that unless you hit the spear and it's perfectly on a wall. If they're not to the wall, it doesn't get the pin damage, and then you have to hit all the headshots at the same time. And if they get healing, you have to make sure you hit every headshot and finish it with a melee before they can use whatever movement attack they have to get away. Sigma, you can get it away with it if you know you hit the rock and they don't get any healing, and then the left click, and then if they're close enough the melee just to be sure. You know, it's like it, it just it's weird. It's like you know. I feel like if if we nerfed Roadhog today, like let's say we just eviscerate him, we just went and Roadhog's gone. I feel like tanks still wouldn't be that much fun. Like it would be way better, but I feel like everyone else would just be having fun. Like as dumb as it sounds, like I, I, I don't think fun. it. Huh? But Doom's fun. But I haven't. Sam, much you're a Doom fun player, saying Doom is fun. Like think about that for like two <laughs> seconds. Like, like I actually don't think that Doom is going to be good for most regular players that are not good at Doomfist. Like, you still have to hit the buttons. Like, yeah. like yeah, you, like, you you hit the slam and your block's up one second faster, but if you're, like, me, what I was, like, when you first were sh showing me shit, I couldn't hit a punch for my life. Like, yeah. that's the average player. They're not gonna, they're not gonna get shit. And, like, if you don't ever play Doom, you're probably not hitting a whole lot of your punches. So, if you take out Roadhog, right, you take out Roadhog, where, where do you go next? Like, you either go to another self-sustained character, which I feel like Arissa or Ramacho would then take that spot, and then you just go to this really, really, really boring. You sit there and don't die. You just sit there and you, you, your, your full job is to not fucking move. And then you poke out. And you know, you, you poke out as much as you can. And then you get pressured. You just go. <laughs> and just wait for I, your I supports it, who have the I big healing it, to come save you. I call it the Ramatra forever. When you just sit there yeah. and you're just like blocking See, and hoping that the rest of the game <laughs> carries like, on I used to have so much fun with Tank. When, when, when the first beta came out, best peak beta. 
Beta 2 was better, but it was like, you know, like Joker Queen's really strong, but was it Joker Queen really strong? Or Nade was really strong, or Anti was really strong. We all thought it was Anti was really strong. Then like the meta developed in pro play and we saw the shout was actually was really strong. But like we didn't know like Kiriko was coming with cleanse. And it's like then then Kiriko came and Jungle Queen never got those returning buffs to like make her better. So she's actually worse than she was before. But like at the same time, she's actually like, you know, like she's super fun to play, but she's not really playable. So it's like I feel like I actually, maybe I'm in the in the minority of this. I actually feel like tank is going downhill really, really fast, and nobody's noticing because all the su supports are screaming. Can I Dude. add to that? Oh my god, so many good things. I'll let you go first. Yeah, well, I was just gonna <laughs> say, I think, well, I think one thing that can help a lot of these tanks is like a suggestion I gave to Ram, like how you know how you guys said the block is like a boring playstyle. Like, I think it'd be cool if this block was more finite, but it it functioned a lot like a power block, where like okay, he blocks and maybe his movement penalties get reduced, so it's like about playmaking again rather than just sitting still. Like that's the one thing I mm -hmm. give Jeff Goodman a lot of credit for, um, who actually just got hired at Bungie. Good for him. I hope they I hope they uh, do well over there. Um, I think one thing that was really cool about Doom is the idea of like being rewarded for blocking the damage and having the opportunity to go more aggressive and make plays. I do you all think that Frito, you go first and you can add this question out at the end of whatever you're about to say. Do you think that if more tanks had options like that where you get rewarded for like blocking damage or like catching damage or something like that to then enable you to play a more aggressive playstyle so Flats isn't like okay, well I, I, I'm bored, I can't go play make. And you can answer your other stuff first and then tack that on the end. Uh well, I, I think we. They try to design that. Um, it's just like their intention with Ram, they said outwardly, and then I'm looking at it, I'm like, yeah, that's not what's going to happen. <laughs> so, like, they try to have this flexible thing, and so, yeah, I think they, they intend what you're saying, and they have that in, you know, Doom, for example, so it's not like they, they're not aware of that idea. Um, and I, I don't necessarily hate Ram having this, like, super defensive poke bunker style. I, I think that's okay to exist in the game. Um, as we add more heroes, it's like not everyone can be Junker Queen or Rhine, you know, like we, we need diversity. But in Flats' rant, okay, I, I counted three things that I wanted to highlight. One of them gets us back to the original question that was asked, but two things uh, near the end. The Junker Queen example, I forgot to even add it on the list, okay? So I, my list is growing of bad balance decisions that clearly miss all context. So balancing around a mechanic that you bouncing around the results, the data of Junker Queen, when you're adding, and you know you're adding. We didn't know you were adding it. You knew you were adding it. You had Kiriko the whole time, a cleanse. We didn't even know that existed, okay? And you rebalanced the entire game and then added a new character. And we can't keep doing this. It's so dumb to do this. We've said it now so many different ways, so I won't repeat any of these points, but you can't Expect data to make sense to make decisions for the thing coming up. Never gonna work, okay? That's one. Um, tank, getting worse and worse and worse. I hard agree with everything Flat said. Because when I'm playing against a Kiriko, as anything, that isn't like, I one-shot you, and the Kiriko heals it, it is the most infuriating thing. But then I play the game as support, and I'm like, well, I own the positioning battle, or I am the one who gets to... As long as you don't, like, throw by flanking with Kiriko, and you actually just play your position, it's like, I control everything. That's what it feels like to me, honestly. And it's all in my hands. Like, you can't die. You can't die. Boom, and I'm out. Not only can you not die, I can't die. So, like, this idea that support's weak, man, it's just... I, I try to try to go duel anything off on its own against a good Kiriko. That, that's, that's what I want to say. It's just, 
we're, we're so lucky that so many Kiriko players are bad. And I don't just mean bad, like god awful, like putting their ults into the dirt. Okay. Like, like the potential of the hero and the skill level of the players playing it is probably one of the widest gaps I've ever seen in the history of the game. Maybe, maybe, the only thing close is like Brig, right? Is where like you're missing the entire point of the character. And and part of this comes down with the communication, right? Where they, they think they're supposed to kunai. And it's it's a thing you should do like 20% of the time if your name is ML7 and everyone else 10% of the time. And you'll be GM, I feel, like just by doing that and like playing your position. And it controls so much of the game. So anyway, there's that. Now, point number three, <laughs> and another thing. I'm going to be here for another, another hour. Even though, <laughs> the premise of the question, originally, that started this conversation. I resent this question so much, and I forgot how much I resented it. I should have said this in my first answer. Shake up the meta. No, no, no. That's what they've been doing. And it's stupid to do this. It's stupid to be like, people just like to change the game. Really? Because half the time you make it suck. And it was good. And because you just want to shake, make up your mind. Okay. Are, are, are we balancing to make the game better or to shake up the game so different things happen? Are we rolling the dice? Because if so, just add a hero draft. For God's sakes. Like that shakes up the meta because each game you have a different experience of what's going to come out. You don't have like, hmm, how do I play ranked when Hog is unkillable? Do I play my heroes? Nope, nope, you get screwed. You better learn Hog. It's like, well, do I try running another cop? Well, nope, you're screwed. You got to run Hog. It's like the, the answers are simple. The, the way you shake it up is by having a better format is, is the point and not making the balance mistakes that we've been making. It's like everyone always approaches this by how do we balance more and, and, and have a better result? No, 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 no. Balance smarter and less, actually. Shaking it up is the problem. It's been the problem forever. And I get I, I would have hair if it was not for this, this community opinion that actually believes just rolling the dice on these things is ever good because I feel like 75% of the time, it's terrible to do that. And, and we just create more problems that we never get to fix. And it just, they prolong and move it down the road just for difference things sake. We don't need to shake up the balance. They're adding characters. Why, why do we need to randomly change things? Ch change it around the new characters, yeah. Like, I don't know, when we play test Kiriko and we're like, you know, Hog might be like unpunishable. <laughs> Have you ever thought of that? I mean, what, how long did that take us? 10 minutes? Say I told you so. Uh, yeah, and then we all agree. We're like, yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah, yeah, he can whole Hog and kill your whole team. And he's uh, he, all, all the basic logic of the game now doesn't make sense. So, so why make any of those other ba uh, balance decisions previous to Kiriko when, when we know she's going to be added? Like, like you got to be proactive at some point. Like, this, this reactive strategy, they keep doing it. I'm going to keep saying it's dumb, and it's going to keep producing bad results. And, and it's going to suck that we're going to need to get to Season 3 when they add a new whatever they're adding instead of a hero, and then eventually get a decent patch for a couple weeks, it's going to be, by this schedule. This is what I'm projecting, okay? We can timestamp this and look back to this. And, and then we'll, we'll be happy for a little bit, and then they're going to shake up the meta because we, we, can't, we can't play a good meta for more than a week. We got to shake it up. They're going to both shake up the meta and add a hero. And then who knows? We'll be on the whole train again. Okay? It's gonna keep happening. I've been I've lived this life for so long. 
dedicated my life to this game. I've seen this before. I, I, it's not like I'm I, I, I'm speaking, but I'm guessing. Okay, it's just we have all the data of six years to know. Like this is what's going to happen. All right. Well, sorry. This is, no, no. It's a very good rant, and uh, ironically, sometimes it feels like we stay on the metas that are the worst. Like we we've been in Sojourn Land for a while. We might exactly. stay in Hog Land for a while, but I think I think where so I want to try and be fair. Where I'll give the devs credit is that as they release new heroes, they've tended to not be solo queue broken. They've tended to first go dominant in the pro level, and then everyone's like, oh, oh, this ability is broken, and so let's exploit it. Now, the flip side to that is that it's all come from a fundamental, again, misadvertisement and misunderstanding of their own hero, right? So, again, we, we kind of brought this example up, but I'm going to try and summarize it again. Junker Queen, what was strong about her? Her shout. Nobody nobody really clocked it immediately. It certainly wasn't advertised like, this is the shout queen. Like, she, she'll rally everyone together, and that's how you play her. Turns out that's how you play her. And, again, it's like it's weird because Lucio Brig become the best support comp, which someone in solo queue would be like, that's insane. I'm dying with that. But, no, the collection of that... For the players who understood how to play the game, was the optimal way to play. Then we have Kiriko. Again, it's like just heal bot. Oh, this is for the DPS players. No, stop. Heal bot, Suzu at the right time, Kitsune Rush, easy win. Now we have Ramatra, who again, it feels like everything that was advertised about him was a lie. I know this was a great Ramatra debate and we didn't really speak too much about Ramatra, but I think we had other important things to discuss as well. But it feels like another lie where, where, um, it's like we get this trailer where it's like he throws this thing and he plucks mercies at the skybox and then it's like you get in the game and you're like this shit is whack dog like this doesn't even properly pull them down half the time all the people with mobility just just fly and roll out of it the only people that actually screws over are the people without mobility who are just like oh my god i can't even ad anymore and i'm just getting farmed with headshots meanwhile sojourn is like slide and she's like pieces out every time you do it so it's like the thing that was supposed to be sold, and again, it's like, you're playing for the Nemesis Forum. The Nemesis Forum is the badass thing where you're going to get all these kills. And sure, that's where you get all the highlight reels. But then it's like, it's gonna, it might turn out, as Frida was alluding to, that like actually the best way to play him is just Ramatra forever, right? Like, just sit there, pop your alt, Ramatra forever. And the other Ramatra's like, Ramatra forever, brother. Let's hope our teams kill each other. Let's go. And they're just standing there on the payload holding X on each other, Emon right? And it's like, that yeah, was exactly the funniest that clip I've seen in a while. And do you want another laugh as you're talking about like the 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 thing you toss to pull people down not being a threat to mob flankers at all hog hook is more of a threat to flankers and high mobile heroes than that ability is it's just funny legit i had a game it, yesterday it, where Kiriko had 18k healing the lucio had 8k and the hog had 11. <laughs> and this Why? is the thing though this is where this is not where like i think the frustration lies so i think we when were. we when we rant sometimes you know people say well we're entitled babies or whatever and we're, we're being mean the devs but i think this is where you start to your trust erodes a little bit and i don't know if it's a marketing issue or if it's a design issue right where it's like did you market the hero wrong or did you not understand what the strength of the hero was right because because when in the hands of these players this turns out to be the broken thing so like what was it right did you because obviously we meme about the tempo tank thing but like even beyond the design. tempo tank it's like, so you think it's a design issue, Sam? It's 100% design. The, they have, the marketing team has to market it based on how they've been told it's designed. Like, so the designers don't, sorry, the designers don't understand how it's going to work. And again, I'm not trying to dog on them here, but there also hasn't been a real environment where they have people who actually know the game play testing until this time around. And even then, I'm just going to call it how it is. I'm sorry, but 
the other uh, streamers who are getting access for content that are like diamond should not be playing in the overwatch league lobbies I'm sorry because it's not real practice the point of it should be it needs to be real practice for these guys to get in here and Honestly do blizzard the favor and save them the trouble of I love our colleagues They're great people and they do great. They put out fantastic content Ruben's got the best mustache I've ever seen in my life. Like have you seen that dude like come on, right? but you know, it's it's counterproductive to Blizzard and having them help themselves when they can't get accurate feedback because the reality is most of us don't know what we're talking about when it comes to the game and it's not an accurate testing environment. The purpose of it is to get content for creators and the pros should be able to go test it as pros to give actual valid high level feedback to the devs so they can stop balancing reactively like Frito said and start balancing proactively because the reality is it's 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 not doable unless you kind of have that environment. So I think that if they can get that in there and start getting that like proper feedback, I think it'll help them a lot. I think it'll help the streamers a lot. I think it'll help help everybody a lot because we avoid all this mess whether people feel like it or not and i think, Sam, I think the best choice for everybody. i just want to correct something you said that i like i don't know if you uh are under this impression or everyone is but it's my understanding that play tests are not for decisions on what you're on like balance basically like you can get feedback there's a difference which is yeah, like yes th like you talk about like, the feeling but i'm just saying my, my point is i'm not saying they're supposed yeah. to be i'm just saying this is yeah. how they do it it's it's just to Try it out and tell them this feels good or bad, like generally speaking. Not 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 what we're doing here when I said, Yeah, you'll never actually rush with this character. That's yes. not gonna happen. Like, like, like that's what I said. Like that that matters for the balance, but that's not really what these playtests are for. And and maybe they should be for they that. Like be, I, I agree I'm with saying. you. Like, I'm just that, saying they don't be, do that. That information would be so much more beneficial to Blizzard than all of the stuff that we all say. In my opinion, I think that would be so much more beneficial to them because they can get accurate, precise feedback of a real environment where now we're not in six weeks later into the season like, the high rank meta sucks! This is blah blah blah! Whatever, but maybe just two to three weeks of insight, like, or just that insight could give them a patch two weeks earlier where they can like address this. The point is it brings them more time and gives them a, a wider margin for error that especially when like a lot of people like to dog on them, myself included sometimes, about this stuff, they can just get more accurate information. It's all about giving them accurate information that goes beyond the data, the feelings that we've been talking about that only these players can really pull out and find first that would just be very intuitive to help them out and like get over that hurdle. And oh. I, I just want to see them succeed in that regard. So I'm just going to say what I think, and I have a feeling that a lot of pro players would agree with that statement. I think that's genuinely going to be impossible to bring it back to earth. I think it's genuinely impossible. Yeah, but I, I like oh well. there's so many reasons for that. Like even just taking out like just being objective like biases, like what happens when pro players want certain characters to be biased and they're like, "Oh yeah, like no, like this character well, needs well, to be biased." I'm not saying more. listen to them like, 100% by the way. Just No, I know, but I'm like, saying, like there's a lot the of situations there where that's tough. Like I don't really the truth about what a hero is. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I hear what you're that, saying that's for that. That's what I mean. <clears throat> we just we like, just mean just I find it. I think we all can agree like Kiriko is not to flank for Kunai. Okay, right? Like like there was a it was kind of what she was advertised as. Like, well, this is the the DPS pick for support players that can go dual and it's like it's so uh unreliable to do. That's not really viable. Like you kind of throw when you do that. So you're kind of incentivizing a throw. Sort of like with the uh, oh, you can swap to your mercy pistol or oh, Ram is a Russian tank. Like like those things are not something that we should be saying to the player base at the start, you know, and, and the tuning of what we want to be good. Like, yeah, that's going to be completely biased in the pros hands, but at the very least they'll like, 
understand yeah, the game they're phrase. creating. You're right. you're right. I phrased that poorly. Just to help identify what it is, right? Because in in our like in our lobbies, you can see in our gameplay, like we're just running it down, right? Like it's it, you know, but if you give these guys time, they can at least help identify the core and give a better, more accurate picture. I'm not saying that you should let these guys tell the devs, hey, X, this needs to be six seconds, this needs to be this, that, blah, blah, blah. But what I am saying is that they're going to be able to achieve a way more accurate uh, image of what the character is and what it's good at that will help paint a better picture for them. The better the information is, it's just the more ways. It's not just the players, it. though. There's you can get analysts in there, you can get casters in there. A like, diversity of opinion. Right? We need it's the play to inform the na analysis. It isn't necessarily, yeah. you know, yeah. valuing one opinion over another necessarily. Yes, but. yes, that's well, all it, I'm it, saying. It's, I'm it's sorry. just a diversity that's, of opinion, right? Is what you're getting at. I apologize. I phrased that kind of poorly, but like it's more so about the actual literal environment that is created in order to get that image. So yeah, thank you, Frida, for for elaborating that better than I did. Yeah, and again, I would just add, it's just about getting a, a diversity of opinion that isn't just like, let's say, internal playtests or an all owl or all creators. We, we get stuff wrong all the time. You know, like the devs get stuff wrong. We get stuff wrong all the time. Frito's trying to remember the last time that ever happened to him. But um, <laughs> we, we have bad takes too. Like, don't get us wrong. Frequently, we have bad takes. So, like, you know, we're not saying listen to us only, but like, just, I think. I think the point that we were getting at they, is they to need do the opportunity to do that, and they have not been yeah. given that a single time in like the last several years for Overwatch. And I think it's and I it's understand as well because as do other games have this? Like I, I, I'm trying to no. remember like it, other high level competitive I, games. Yeah, I actually think this is just like a like a really bad idea. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm really, really against it. Why? I'm so against it. Yeah, like like okay, logistical problems. Like logistical problems of bringing people in early to play test something like that. Uh, it's already tough enough to do that without shit getting leaked and having problems. Yeah, I was never mind competitive integrity behind it of like, you know, oh, like this character might be really strong, or like, you know, who are you gonna have in it? Like, you know, you have twenty Overwatch League teams. We're talking just Overwatch League teams. It's not even talking about contenders and whatnot like that. Like, what you're gonna have to players from every single team be have an access to it so they can go back and report what they found to the to their teams because otherwise someone gets a competitive advantage above someone else. There are so many complex problems. Off I think that this could start. Like both competitively and non-competitively that already begin, but I, what I what I actually think I, I understand what you're kind of alluding to, and I understand like pros will always know better than any content creator. Who's, like pros are just a different level. We've always like talked about that, and even in even GM people just say, oh, it's just GM. Like GM has like nine levels. There's like low GM, mid GM, top 500, low top 500, high top 500. You know, tier three contenders, like high contenders. Overwatch League, best players in the world. Like, like, like you bump into, into like proper one day. Like, you're like, oh, oh, oh GG. Like, you know, like it's not even like Overwatch League. It's like, oh, we have an Overwatch League player. They have an Overwatch League player. It's like, no, that guy just kills everybody. Like, we're fucked. Like, like there are levels to this shit. Like, but beyond that, like, I think what you're asking is like a Herculean lift amount of stuff. Like, I, I understand like having stuff to play test to like be able to like give feedback. Like, hey, for like this character is gonna be real strong. You know, like when when people get to play test stuff like. I, I get it, but you know, where do you draw the lines? You know, where does the competitive integrity sit with that? Like who gets to be in there? You know, is it something that like I feel like you'd have to have them almost as like literal play testing debt, like like a paid position type of deal. Cause like they'd have to be say, a part yeah. of the company. You know, like like where do you draw the line between like what is a free service because they want to play the game and make it better and actually being paid and compensated for the work and, and expertise that they're providing. And I'm sure that even that has to be contractually 
worked out with the Overwatch League and them, and and if they were doing with Blizzard, there there are so many hurdles to this. It's not Couldn't even funny. You say that for creators as well, to some degree. No, and I, we don't. We're not contracted by them. Like they, they let us when we well, do that we kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, but w couldn't you say that a lot of these pros would just be willing to hop in and not be paid for it too? But you you could say that same thing. The incentives for we don't well. have. We don't have an incentive though. Like we get to play it a few minutes early to create content that creates hype for the game, that creates buzz, that gets us to show off the character. That is mm -hmm. a mutually beneficial agreement. Mm -hmm. If pros are going in for doing it, there's also uh, where they can end up being. Uh, getting a literal leg up on the on the competition of understanding. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think in the I think this would have to be something that could only happen in the off season. I don't think that this is something that can well, happen also, during the season. But then it's like, who gets to get in? Who well, gets to decide? Like, there's, here's a, another there's idea. a lot of questions here. And I think Flats has brought up some really good. Really, I'm really thankful for his perspective to bring up these sort of negative points rather than us just echo chambering. But here's an idea: we are actually quite deep in Norwatch's life cycle. We have a lot of former pros. Uh, and again, I, that's to assume that there's no former... I mean, I'm sure there's former pros of other games in the dev team, but not that I know that there's too many former Watch League pros sitting in the in the dev balance team. Why not get some of these guys in? Now you're talking about paid positions at that point. Yeah, you know? like literally like, paid position. I'm but, literally but, talking about paid position. But you're going on the position. right track, I think, at that point. That's when I think you're going on the right track because Overwatch League is one of the... Like I hate to say this, but it's like one of the worst esports in terms of of longevity. Like it, it is. Oh yeah. Real. It is turnover rate is unprecedented. I don't even know how many season one players are left. If like uh, I only one I remembered was Dante, and, and and I think like did Dante retire? I think like like I don't even know. Like uh, he's been he's let LLT. go from his team, hasn't he? He's he's, he's LFT. Yeah. I think okay, a no brainer so, would be Jake. I think that's a no brainer. Like guys, Jake, I think but Jake's that, coaching a team though, isn't he? Like isn't Jake on like isn't Jake like that was like then then at that point then he has insider knowledge of what's coming you know so, again i think this would be need to be like a more of an there's so many thing. For, there's so many former there, pros, there's, a, there's a long list of things that we can go down as i just personally think that it would be beneficial to blizzard to some way create that real environment where they can get a better picture because we we all let's not deny that that picture that they would paint would be a more realistic picture about what's to come than anything that we get to do and i think i'm not sure how obviously the logistics need to be worked out but I think it would be very beneficial to Blizzard to consider getting some of those guys in there and getting like real true feedback about and, and a real picture of what these characters can look like. Because had had we had this for heroes, like like it it would hopefully stop things like Brig from happening, which again I don't think that'll ever happen again. If Ram ends up being a a blocking boss, it would stop things like that from happening and just help them get a little bit ahead and get that little bit of advantage. But you're you're right to bring up those logistical issues and. Obviously, an advantage during the season would be a, something that you absolutely must avoid. Um, but at the same time, if they can find a way to, whether it be former pros or or whatever, I think it would really help them. Last well, made so many good points, but I just want to make clear, <clears throat> despite all the reasonable things he says, I just want my opinion to be weighed more than everyone else's. Me personally, <laughs> I I want to be able to be heard and everyone agree that I'm right. That's that's all I want, really. No, but like. It, to joke about it like i offer myself as tribute so uh <laughs> to what i would like to see is like just the the tests they do like we, i think it was days before it was going to be released anyway is this like uh, all, all the things about like competitive integrity i understand i just mean like they need to um stress test and qa the game essentially it would be how i would say it to know what the hero will do and if i it, the what i shouldn't be able to do is see the trailer and say oh that none of that's true what they just said like that should not be the case, right? And that is a simple asking of any analyst. I feel like anyone who is worth their salt can help that not happen because it's happened twice. And um, anyway, so like it being the highest level isn't so important to me. 
but uh, but stress testing like uh, good players. Okay, try to run this against it, you know, or try to do this, or what happens when you play to rush? What happens when you play to poke? Like like at least something like that is what I I would suggest uh, if I were hired for such a position. That's what I would do. Is is um, as a coach does in in a game like and you and again you can do this with GM players. It doesn't have to be owl pros that are have a competitive uh, advantage in this. You have like a one genius mastermind <laughs> who's bald and wears glasses. Um, uh, basically run run this. And, and not every owl coach does this, but like especially when let's say in the hero pool environment, they they might like throw things at their players and say, okay, like uh, our best proper sick today. Okay, you got to get in there. And what do we do? Like, can we sink or swim in this environment? And and you kind of that's what you should be doing. Whereas. I feel like what they do do is is what I was trying to say to Sam earlier, which is they they isolate that one player of a dip like diamond pro out whatever, and we get a few of them, and we say, oh, he feels like this, but that's not so helpful when the the whole basis of how you're selling the character is not going to work in the meta in the reality of the player's experience on the whole. I think that's an issue because because that like it, I think it's even more damaging on on Kiriko. Because the gap between not healing and going for flanks <laughs> and and doing the, let's say, 10% uh, uh, duel, but 90% support, it, it's like so much more value, it, right? And telling the players to play the wrong way, it, it's not helping the community or the play experience, in my opinion. Yeah, totally fair. I think this goes back to the idea of reactive balancing as well that we were first initially talking about, which is that Sometimes, like, some of the changes can be arbitrary. Like, sometimes they listen to community sentiment to an arbitrary level. Like, you think about the CC thing where it's like, we reduce CC and then Roadhog becomes ridiculous. And then the one thing that shuts him down, which is like, Ana gets cleansed now. So it's like, well, we, we have to see that coming, right? Like, we have to be able to see that the cleanse is coming. So preemptively, we need to maybe think about this character who benefits a lot from being cleansed, you know, these kind of things. So... Yeah, any uh, long this long side rail, but any more thoughts on that before we kind of? I'm gonna head to concluding thoughts here. Flat Sam, anything else you wanna add? No, all right. I think I'm good. Well, this is my piece. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, we were we were meant to end much sooner, but as we do, we went off on one. So, <laughs> uh, on that note, guys, let's have a concluding thoughts. Then, season two has just begun. Uh, let's let's aim realistically for the mid-season patch. Ramatra will be in comp by then. What are we kind of hoping for in the next couple of weeks of, 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 of Overwatch content and, and patch cycles and all that stuff? We, we've got some fun modes and stuff coming too. The Battle for Olympus stuff, and they have been killing it with the with the skins. But what are we hoping for? I'm going to go to Frito first, who's making a variety of faces that I'm interested in. Dude, it ain't getting better till season three. That's what I think. I think I ended like a season one podcast by saying, turn the corner. And they put it in reverse. Okay, <laughs> they're like, the "I'm going to beat the game by going backwards." Oh, it's, I tricked it. The, the Ready Player One thing. What would you say, Flats? We backed into the corner, actually. Yeah, and uh, and I'm like, we're so far back. It ain't about turning anything now. And now now it's like <laughs> try, trying to get the car started again. That's what it feels like. And oh man, like it, it, I, I'd love to see a hot fix patch that like makes the game feel more fun. But I, I'm uncertain how that's going to happen when there's like creep on the multitude of things that are kind of annoying between the matchmaker and um, the ranked experience 
and the balance of the game and i'm i'm like unsure what to what like like if i had to advise them what to do it's there's it's such a tangled mess at this point i'm like i don't know go back a season and change how you did this so it, when it's that bad i think i'm optimistic that after this season <laughs> hopefully they can like get get a a grip on on what's actually going on in the game and we, and we don't have such oppressive things because if we say and all agree that like the ult charge retain is fundamentally breaking the game and their answer is oh we kind of like it and i'm like well that buckle in because we we know what that you know that that might be a, a okay plat thing where you're like in plat it's like oh like i, I can be a big brain player and I can be the one to watch a TikTok chart and counter the enemy. <laughs> I'm making the stream deck as we speak. Oh, I'm not, it's it, so I get the fantasy of it because, like, as an RPG player, build diversity. You learn the game, and a lot of things that come easy to us on a note card. Um, it, for the new player experience, you get a sense of empowerment when you learn these things, but you, you just you don't need it to break the game for the high end in doing that like that's still gonna exist anyway like that it, the, the idea of the counterpicking thing it, it was fine it, it was okay like counterpicking was uh doable for for metal ranks as it was you didn't need to put the gas pedal on and that is was abundantly clear pretty quickly and i just don't see why that and a multitude of other decisions can't be like reverted now basically just 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 revert it now and oh man it's gonna be rough we, we Get your get your queue times in, guys, because we need to give them data <laughs> immediately. Lots lots of data <laughs> so they can make these decisions, man. Even the the passives in general, I feel like need reconsidering. It's like a it's like a there's a lot of I think to summarize Overwatch Two is a lot of like ideas that like when you actually practice them, it's like wait a minute, it, it was great in a marketing tool, but like where are we at now? You know, it's like. Do, do we need these role, like, do we need a DPS role passive like okay the tanks can yeah the tanks should just get boop less it just makes physical sense doesn't you have to be called like a specific role passive like it surely makes sense that when Lucio go boom with the power of music that a petite Briti British woman goes further than this giant fucking armored Russian uh, G German man you know like it just uh, makes sense he actually sense. got nerfed because he had a passive in Overwatch 1 and now everyone has the passive well, you know, got everyone has a passive right so it's like hey, we don't talk about that yeah we don't talk about that but it's like <laughs> I know Sam feels this, but it's like, what, you're never going to make a DPS passive that helps all the DPS equally. So it's like, possible. Just, just stop. Just, just stop because you just all you're doing is shifting. I know they they said it was like another knob they could tune to help with the balance, but it's it's the opposite now. It's like another problem that they have to solve with the balance. It's like, oh, we yeah, Genji's numbers are fine, but now he goes snowballing when he gets a kill because he gets this reload and the movement, and it's like you just made yourself another problem now. So. Agree I completely. Like, these things, like, I think they just need to rethink that. Just take it out. Like it's not going to compounded by to... support players not using their passive well, the player base, and and, and you're mercy. expecting that to compensate. And and really, all it does is make Lucio and Kiriko better because <laughs> well, they have the again... mobility to get away, right? And then activate their passive. Where like you can use it on the slow ones too. It's just that uh, it it takes more effort, and the floor is higher um, to do that. And yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's like the player base problem it hurts, too. It hurts a player like Mercy again. Like Mercy has the Ryan effect, where she had she had the passive, and now you took her. You took like an well, ability she's away. She's still good now. 
I still think she she's is, good. but Mercy players don't aren't happy, right? Which is something you should consider. Yes, with her power level, but they essentially had something taken away from them. I'd say Ryan players aren't happy, but there's only three of them. That's true. There's not many left. Say, I think Mercy players, players aren't happy, but there's only two of us. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you forgot about the bird. He doesn't play much anymore, but you got three. Yeah. I messed up. I, I, we're trying to end, but there's an interesting point. Maybe you'll do it on another show. But I think Mercy players want to to be active and and aren't so happy with the blue beam hiding behind their DPS as their big selling point for the win rate. I don't. I. I. If you actually hear what they say, uh, that's what they say. They they want to play the support game and go in and support, not hide and be able to just run away. Like it would be interesting to make decisions as opposed to the one decision being pocket the broken character and hide. <laughs> well, again, so much of their kit got taken away, right? Because again, the res, I, I've heard a lot of Mercy players say, well, what's the point of the res? Like half the time, is the game moves too fast to get it off. It's like leaves you very vulnerable. So it's like things are, it feel, I think that's where Mercy players are perhaps upset because it feels like the things that were her identity quote unquote in Watch 1 have been eroded in favor of like, yeah, just, just hide around the corner with the beam on. Like, So anyways, uh, Sam, next couple of weeks, Mid-season balance patch. What we what we thinking? Um, uh, you know, I I would like to see some some changes to try to bridge the gap between the bottom heroes in the game and the top heroes in the game. Most of the top heroes in the game having excellent mobility options. Um, you know, I wasn't thrilled with this patch. I wasn't incredibly depressed with this patch either. Um, it just it, it didn't hit hard for me. Um, but. I'm curious to see what Ramatra's going to do. I think that's still up in the air. I'm going to be playing a lot of him to figure out what I think he's going to be able to do and what he's not going to be able to do. Because I personally didn't like blocking very much on him. I wanted to get more proactive on him. But then I realized when I got more proactive that I just got freaking drilled with every ability in the game. And I felt like I was playing Reinhardt. Um, So I'm curious what's going to end up happening there. Um, Looking forward. I really want to see them get aggressive with a lot of the bottom end heroes. I think the fact that we buffed Tracer before touching Hanzo is kind of incredible. I, I just, you know, let's, let's, I don't want to say spice it up because that makes me a little nervous. I wouldn't, I don't know if we put it in reverse. I think we're kind of stuck in a traffic jam at the corner. You know, I, I, I there's an analogy <laughs> I can make. There we go. I think there's just a well traffic done. jam right now. Uh, it's going to be all bo- podcast, man. Jeez Louise. But I'm, I'm excited to see what's next. You know, hopefully I can, Enjoy this game. Uh, it might be a Torb J sell season for me. Flats, I mean, it's not even going to be a calm season for you, but what are you hoping for? Fuck, we're fucked. Um, if I actually had to pick, I'm actually going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to just stick to my guns and go hot takes. I don't give a shit at this point. I think that you need to buff like four of the tank heroes. I think Winston needs a small one. I think I understand that he was good in pro play, but honestly, Winston was okay on ladder even when he was strong during the Zarya thing. Uh, because things like Reaper and Roadhog destroyed him, and Diva too. I think Winston needs a buff. I think Ryan needs a buff. I think Jugger Queen needs an actual buff. And I was saying this on the stream the other day. Who's the other one? There's one other tank that I was saying I actually Ball? could use like a. No, I. I, Ball, I, I Ball actually, needs to get redone. Yeah, Ball. I think Ball. If you actually buff Ball, becomes the worst character in the game because he's just too hard to kill. He has really good CC, and he's gonna be like really frustrating for people to play against. So not Ball. Um. And then uh, there's one other tank, but I think you need to buff like four of the tanks because they are just not good. Like they are just falling behind everybody else. Everybody should have somewhat of a niche. Roadhog just gets to do it all. He has self-sustain. He has one shot. 
I think Roadhog gets nerfed. I think you buff like four of the other tanks. And I think that some more stability in that role would actually make the support role feel a little better. I actually agree with you guys. I think the DPS passive is stupid. Uh, I think that's going to go. Um, the support passive, I'm still fine with for now. Uh, but like, uh, it's, 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 it's also hard to say because like, uh, the balance hasn't been good. Like, for example, if you're going to remove the DPS speed passive, why did Genji not get rebuffed during that? Because if the whole logic behind nerfing Genji originally was that was what was making him strong, wouldn't by proxy you removing that make him bad? Uh, no, we didn't think that far ahead. That's fucking terrifying. Um, but yeah, like this is like the whole thing of like data driven. Like that's why, like for example, Rhino probably never get a buff, even though realistically the character feels terrible to play one pin you can't one shot people too i understand when they nerfed fire strike originally to 90 like you know it was thought of too powerful but like if i really in two fire strikes in a, in a row on a squishy why don't i deserve that kill that's my posed question at this point if they receive zero healing and i hit two fire strikes in a row why would that not why don't i deserve that kill like i feel like that could actually that removed like a fun thing with bap that made bap kind of strong where you could have window fire strike we had this combo ability that actually was threatening it yeah. destroyed that comp completely. The only thing that I mean, makes you it team wipe. That's why you, you you want to team wipe with that combo now. Well, if you, you have two if fire they, strikes. If, well, I mean, you do have two fire strikes. That's for sure. But that also made window threatening again. Bap is fucking terrible. And if you buff Bap's damage or healing, you make him just OP. So by buffing somewhere else, you actually would make him a lot more viable. Because currently, right now, what what's the argument that Kitsune rush with almost any other characters that don't require a ton of aim, like? You know, for example, in the Overwatch League meta, they had the the synergy with the Reaper and the Winston. You were able to just go bananas with with Kitsune Rush. That's why they played for it. Good so, one. like, if I, if Window Firestrike is so crazy, then why are things like Kitsune Rush and you know Reaper's left click or even like Zen left click at one point when it was like just stupid broken went like that bug? Why are those things allowed to exist? You know, like, and we're also talking breakpoints at that point. Why is Sojourn Mercy still able to one tap? Like, I feel like the, the the examples just seem very nitpicky, and it's like, you know, we're not going to change them because in the metal ranks, it's actually got a fifty three percent win rate. Well, okay, we want to talk that, and you also wonder why your players aren't improving. We want to talk about the competitive ladder really fast. You can play Reinhardt from bronze up to plat, and actually like feel like you're actually a good tank player. Then you hit diamond, and all of a sudden you're dog shit, and you're like, what happened? Why? Why can't I beat anybody? Also, why does nobody play Ryan? And then you turn on your favorite streamer's streams and nobody plays Ryan. And it's like, wait, why am I playing this character that, you know, I won all these games with, but now, you know, nobody else plays him. Like, am I missing something here? Oh, maybe there's this huge disconnect. Like, yeah, he has a high win rate there, but you can't get past that, that rank because once you get to the next one, it falls off. And it's like, oh, well, he still has a high win rate in the next rank. It's like, well, well what does the pick rate look like? Is it really, really low? Is it only in certain maps? Like, what other characters are also being picked? These are the things that I don't think are thought of. Anyways, I think we're fucked. So that's amazing, like, Grant. In, I just want to everyone. You're you're welcome for uh, spinning flats off. A little bit of devil's advocacy got him like minutes more of content. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Ooh. I totally agree with his ride buffs. By the way, it's r ridiculous that pin can't kill things. Doesn't yeah, make any sense. Dumb. We got sweaty today, fellas. We got sweaty today. Yeah, oh, I mean, sure. from, my, from my perspective, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of with Flats, right? I, I've given up on Calm because we haven't even mentioned the, the matchmaking is still a clown fiesta. So, like, whatever buffs it, like, this is the problem. It's like compounding problems. Whatever balance changes they might make, 
it's still gonna be a fucking clown fiesta because there's still like you know just absolute randos in your game and the matchmaking is just like asking you to to like play alongside like a monkey who just discovered fire or something you know like i i, I don't know what i'm supposed to do so it's just like firstly i think first and foremost the 30 percent has to go 30 percent alt chart swap has to go like today right now the f next time you patch that has to go the dps passive should go with it just say look guys we tried but this is actually not having the effect we wanted in the game. There needs to be like consistent ideology. I've said this many times. There needs to be consistent ideology about what we're balancing towards. They'll say there might be, but then the actions that they show are, are, are the opposite. You, you can't be like, we know what we're doing, but then be like, hero swapping isn't a thing, guys. So we're going to paywall this hero. It'll be fine. And then, then make hero swapping the thing to like that actually defines wins in games of Overwatch, where it's like hero swap to counter their tank. That's how you win for free. So like you have to do that. We haven't even spoken about you know the whole hero paywalling thing because Ramatra like obviously is at the moment underwhelming. And to be honest, I'm okay with that as a solo queue. And in a solo queue, again, I don't I don't want to comment on what he's gonna do for the pro level. Quite possibly he ends up who knows he ends up being broken gigabust. I don't know. But in a solo queue level, having one tricked him for like three days straight, he's very underwhelming, which I'm actually fine with, so that people don't complain about new hero broken on the battle pass, pay to win, pay to win, because that was a, that's a whole other problem. But then we need to make sure that like certain things aren't dominating the game. And I do think there needs to be that. I can't I don't think we can live the dream of like having a rotating cast of characters who are like meta at one point in time or the other. Roadhog, if every time Roadhog is meta, you someone dies inside. Like a, a soul is lost every time Roadhog like you enter a game and some guy's playing Roadhog. Like I, I swear to god, dude, if I get another quick play game where we go Ram v Ram to start with. That guy just whiffs all his cooldowns to Narnia, loses the first fight, and then runs to spawn and goes to Roadhog. I'm gonna fucking lose it, dude. I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing with your day? That, like, day two of the new fucking hero, you can't lo stand to lose two fights. I ask if they're a free-to-play player. If they say no, I say you're a terrible person. <laughs> For real, dude. Like, because, uh, again, I don't, I, I'm, I'm okay if they didn't have Ramatra unlocked. But, like, the dudes who literally start Ramatra and then switch Roadhog, I'm like, you're the fucking scum of the earth, dude. Like, you literally day two of the new hero. You can't spend two fights losing without going to Roadhog just because you don't understand how to play your hero. Please, dear God, seek therapy, find help, find Jesus. But, like, we we need to have, like, a consistent ideology to this. Like, they can't be heroes like Reaper and Roadhog just free winning. Like, it just can't. If you want the game to be fun, I swear to God, dude. If two weeks go in and Ramatra's in comp and Roadhog's the, the guy everyone's picking, I'm, I'm out. I swear to God. I'm telling you now, I'm out. You can't, you can't make this the game. This is not what people signed up for. I'm out. And so there has to be some like sanity. Please bring the sanity back to Overwatch, okay? I'm tired of like, just, just, just like the, the most, e like the most easy brainless thing. Just fucking hard counter their tank being the way to win a game Overwatch. I'm done. I can't. So please, dear God, Blizzard. Like, you know, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to rant for the sake of ranting. I'm not trying to rage bait. I promise you. I love this game, but I'm slowly every day, my, that love is being chipped away to the point where I, I might, I, like, I don't want to play anymore. One and that's thing to because, say. Yeah, All Sam. you got to say is this. When you change Doom to Tank, one of the big reasons like that he got changed the way he did is that they didn't like that tanks could one-shot. That was one of the main reasons that people talked about. Let's just follow precedent and, and try to make some changes so that we can all... How the tables have turned on this podcast over the last two years. I love it. Oh, Sam my is God. The voice of yes. yes, I get to sit back and listen now. This is great. You're not wrong. Just let's follow precedent. Well, I mean, this is the, this is the thing again. It's like... I will pull you back in there. <laughs> yeah, we're I'm gonna, unbreakable. We're gonna, next time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bait him about aim assist. Then, then, I'll, then we'll get him going. <laughs> <I was close. laughs> I'm going to make a list of how to bait Sam. We're going to uh, put Brig. 
But it's, it's, uh, it's like the thing cha- things change, right? Because previously we were like, I remember in the podcast in the past, we've been like, you know, Bursi looks a real problem in a watch one. And it was. And then it was like, CC is a real problem. And it was. And we're not, we're not like, we're not just idiots who are changing our mind for the sake of it. Again, it goes back to my favorite quote of mine. When the facts change, I change. You said hero swapping wasn't the defining thing. Then you changed and I changed because you changed the game. Now, I think like one shots are like the dominant thing that everyone hates, right? I think the, the new train that we're, I think, approaching is like, we, we peeled the we banana don't need back and the problems are out of the way and new ones are presenting themselves. That's a sign of progress, right? So exactly. let's just make sure we keep whacking the moles when they keep popping up. Exactly. So I think that's the next frontier that we're going to have to fight is like, we need to really have a look at like one shots in this game because it can't be like Sojourn, Widowmaker, Hog, just like just deciding the entire games in like a second. It's not like I, I just play Valorant if I want to do that. So, well, it, the reason is, is because against other things, there's the tanking and healing is good. Yeah. So it's like it, it isn't just that you can one shot. It's that the time to do other things it takes too long. It's worthless. So if you try, it, yeah, yeah, comparatively, and part of that, you know, I I said it a few times, but like I think the Kiriko healing pocket, it, people just I feel like the only one talking about it. But but seventy healing a second is that's what it is, right? Am I wrong? That's what it is. Yeah, seventy healing a second. Like, and I know other healers can do more when you combine healing. But the fact that it's like across the map, I mean, it's a, it's just a mercy pocket with higher numbers. That's what it is. And she does other things too. And can bail you out with Suzu. So it, it's, I like the character. It's just that we, we should kind of expect when you make the game sustainable, where the support can't be punished and it can make a teammate unpunished. Well, what else, how are you going to kill anything? It, this is what we get after you do all those things. It's, it sort of should be a logical progression. Um, and we can either try to keep balancing the game perfectly or <clears throat> draft mode. I agree. And, you know, again, trying to be as concise as possible, I think Fritos is hit the nail on the head. Like, it has to, it's the foundation, right? And Sam, I'm sure, would say this as well. It's like, start with the foundation. Let's stuff, like, first stuff needs to be killable. And if it's killable, then, you know, different comps can exist. It's like, so it's not everyone's just getting mass healed, mass protected. That's what we hated about Double Shield. It was just like, nothing died. And now the only solution is that you one-shot them so that all that other stuff that goes out the window. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> putting it like this makes it sound very bleak. But Flats would probably say it is bleak. Uh, it is. So I don't know. Anyways. And the one role I think is strong, everyone thinks sucks. <laughs> oh, that's the funny thing, right? It's like, like, oh, support's the worst role. And I'm like, I, I think I'm it's actually three. in agreement with you, actually. <laughs> and I, I actually advocate for support players at this point. I feel bad for them. But, like, at the same time, though, like, nobody ever gives a shit about the, the, my role ever. Like, never have. Like, well, you know what? Why do I care about you guys? Like, the, the queue times do speak to something, though, right? Like, there's a reason support players aren't playing. There's something there. Like either whether like whether it's the strength of the hero, but it's like it's the the feeling of playing the heroes clearly isn't isn't giving isn't it, right? It isn't what the DPS players are getting. It isn't what the tank players are getting. So there is something to be said. Whether how much ever we feel their power is, that 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 is one place you can look at the stats and be like, just people aren't playing this role. Yeah, I, the perception and reality on this though, I just feel like has been off the whole launch. Really, that's the thing. Like even when they when they radically changed things, the perception didn't change, and we just I just feel like the same perception exists in in so many ways. But I kind of like this is kind of like the way I frame it in my own head, and I know it sounds really dumb, but I'm gonna say it anyways. If you're if you're American, you know football, you'll know what I'm talking about. 
How many parents and how many kids, when they first think about wanting to play football, sign up going, I want to be the center? None. Everyone wants to be the quarterback, the running back, the wide receiver. Not everyone is fit for those positions. The other positions matter just as much. The O-line matters a ton. Tight end matters a ton. Defense matters a ton. You know, who wants to be the left outside linebacker? Like, linebacker's cool, but, like, you know, the middle linebacker's the cool one. You get to call the plays. Left outside, it's like, you get to sometimes blitz, sometimes not. Like, everyone has a role to play sometimes, and they're sometimes not equally as fun. And I'm not saying support shouldn't be fun. I think that they, they should be absolutely making improvements to improve that experience. But I, I almost wonder at some point, is it going to be um, become um, unrealistic? And it's like... Do we have to give the like the feeling of like you're playing like main character game where you're just the uncall unkillable monster who can make other people also unkillable and then like you just win the game every game like that was woo-hoo. Overwatch One Flats we played yeah, that ex- game yeah exactly exactly <laughs> no, I don't know and I, and it's funny because I've been saying tank hasn't been fun for me I wonder if it's strictly like a higher elo type of thing because like in lower Elos, I'm sure the tanks last much longer because they're not getting headshot as much because it's like lower aim. You know what I mean? So it's like, and the supports, they don't go for damage. They go to heal the tank. So the tank experience is probably a fucking blast in the metal ranks because like you're just a titan and you stand there and get both your supports sitting there. Moira, who happens to not be flanking for the TikTok clips and Anna, and they're just sitting there jamming their gun as far up your ass as it can physically go. (laughs) And then you and the other tanks sit there and you just battle like titan gods and you know you feel like you're doing a ton and you're having a good time and it's like Ramata but in high rank brother. that's not how Ramata it goes <laughs> no 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 that's not how it works and then we wonder why there's no new high rank players around probably yeah grumble, anyways, grumble. I, 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 we will probably just keep ranting if we keep going i know you guys got places to be so as always thank you so much for your time and company guys i appreciate chatting with you always uh a good like i feel like an alcoholics anonymous session where i get to like rant a little <laughs> bit and I, I let it all out and then i feel better afterwards and i'm like yeah that felt good man it felt good to yell a little bit so the reason uh, thank why we you call it or watch group therapy exactly that, yeah. that, that's the name of our that's the name of our group chat by the way for those of you who don't know. therapy group yeah <laughs> our, our group chat is called the therapy group so thank you very much guys i hope you have a great rest of your day and hope the season turns for all of us uh thank you for joining me we'll be back Take on the care, stream boys. in a sec peace Good. out